just remember the things you listen to in this podcast, the things that we edit out were more offensive. Hello, I'm Nicholas Jackson. I'm Luke Roberts. And I'm Adam Thorne. And welcome to episode 10 of the Ran Nerds podcast. We've hit double figures. Oh we've all made it to 10. And we've still not faded. Not yet. <laughs> no, we're going there. I mean, we'll make it to 12 and then we'll fade. Is that a bet? That's the plan, yeah. Because you know what happens when you make bets. <laughs> I lose usually. Yeah. So we're safe. Oh right. my God. Straight into it then. This was going to be called Games We've Been Playing, but as my two compatriots have had lives to deal with and you know things to do and work and actual things, and I'm the only lazy person amongst them, it's actually games I've been playing. And by games, you mean game. <laughs> All right. Game I've been playing. Is it actually a full game or is it an add-on? Well, it's a, it's a it's a it's a full game, but it's like a spin-off of the original. Right. It's called Deus Ex: The Four. It actually was originally a mobile game, believe it or not. But I tell you, it doesn't play like a mobile game. Um, so it's set in the Deus Ex universe, Human Revolution universe. I believe, looking through the game files, I think it's actually been made in Unity. Because there's lots of references to Unity in the game files, so I think it's made in Unity. But I tell you, what it is they've done a bloody good job making it look like the original Deus Ex. So storyline is you play a chap called Sam. Oh, I can remember his, not. I can't remember his. No, not Sam. Ben. So we could just call him Sam Fisher for the sake of no, this. No, no, it's Ben. Terribly voice acted. It's got so. It's got the worst opening cuts if I've ever seen. It's so convoluted. Um, these people have obviously been. These people. It's basically they just sit on the sofa talking to each other. And the woman says, "Tell me about your entire life history. We've known you for months, but just tell me about your entire life history and why you got here." And he ends up going sort of looking into the distance and then that's the that's the prologue great wow. to his life history about it yeah i can tell they've had an amazing budget for this one yeah but other than that it plays exactly like a deus ex game you know it's still got the stealth bitch you've still got your augments just a few annoying things so after the pro the um like prologue bit a bit like deus ex human revolution you have like the first bit where you've got your gun and you're off you go and you're away um you start after, the game yeah after that yeah but usually you have a bit of build up to it but after that you then get yourself sort of like, you actually get yourself reset to zero, as it were. So all your augments you got while you're doing that prologue gets reset to zero. You can start from fresh. The Castlevania Symphony of the Night Syndrome there. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of being sort of set up and then just reset to zero. I actually end up swarming. Although, I have to say, it's one of the best achievements I've ever seen in a computer game. Start the game? No, no. They, I actually yelped with joy and it actually said, I said it's the best game I've ever played once the achievement appeared. There's a character in the original DSX called Barrett, and he's a bit of a git. And he basically beats you up. And he's this big, tall guy, humongous guy. He's, got, he's about eight foot tall. And he basically, he's got this machine gun in his arm that spins out and sort of shoots at you. And you you end up beating him by throwing gas, gas cans at him. And he ends up deciding killing himself to not give you... Still gives you the information, but then kills himself. But there's a bit where you go up to him, and there's a, I went up to him, and basically I get to say something to him. I won't spoil too much. I basically sort of criticise him, and he has to go back at me. Then it says, achievement unlocked. Piss off Barrett. I was like, yes, that's an achievement I want, pissing somebody off. There you go. That's Game done. That, that was fantastic. I, I laughed, and I yelled, and that happened. Is this, a, is this like... Um... A prologue game then set before the right. It's set current. Well, it's set concurrently because the ah, way okay. I mention it, I've figured out. Right, it's a bit of both in that. Deus Ex: Revolution starts off. You start off in two bits. You start off, uh, on attack. You start off at South Industries. 
You then get attacked. That's when you get sort of knocked out, injured badly, and have to be augmented. Then get main game kicks off six months later. This game, the prologue starts just after the attack on Sarif Industries. So it's sort of in between the two. Right. So it's sort of the, the game is sort of set between the prologue and the main game of the first game, if that makes sense. So at least that's what seems so far. So obviously they've had to explain why he's not in it. I believe it's based on a book. I believe there's a time book released. I might be wrong on that. There's a time book released for Deus Ex Human Revolution. I believe this is a game based on the book. So I know that featured a... Um, and she actually plays an, S- an SAS, ex-SAS member in this one. So he plays on British. Just pretty the voice acting is atrocious. But from that, it's a fun little game. It's, it is basically no Deus Ex game. If you enjoy Deus Ex, you'll probably enjoy it. Bad things, you can't reconfigure the controls. They are absolutely fixed. You can't do anything about them. All you best you can do is get a little picture up on the screen of here's your keyboard controls and that's it. Can you change whether your HUD and that is inverted? So when you move, like... You can invert the mouse and that's about it. Oh, that's okay. If you're one of those weird people who invert the mouse. Yeah, we'll say there's always sort of people that do, so... Yeah, if you are sort of crazy and invert the mouse, then yes, you can do that. But I ended up having to play it because all the controls are different to how I'm used to. I had to um, basically take a print screen of it i've got two monitors on the second monitor i put the print screen up so i could look at it so i could keep looking across and see what the controls were it would have been really funny as if you'd have printed that out cut out the keys <laughs> and made an overlay i could have done that yeah well the trouble is i'm so used to games having the use key on the f button but the f button is throw grenade so i kept walking up the doors and just chucking grenades at them <laughs> Okay. Some people. It was <laughs> actually when the guards managed to kill himself for literally about five minutes of me play. When the guards threw a grenade, I took cover and I had the bang, and then nothing happened. I walked around the corner, he managed to throw and knock throw out a desk. It bounced on the desk, and he killed himself. Good to know. It is, but it's great. Little, it's, I'm quite enjoying it. It's, it's your favorite developer. It's Square Enix involved again. Yuck. Yeah, but other than that, it's a nice little game. If you like the original Deus Ex, it's, I would say it's. it's I'm, I'm actually doing a let's play. I wish that moment. they'd throw a grenade at a table and it bounce off and hit them in the face. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like, so I'm doing a let's play at the moment of it, which I put up on the site. Um, so it does contain spoilers, obviously, including for the main game as well. But yeah, if you like the original Deus Ex, well worth, well worth a play. Uh, how much is it? $7.99. Uh, I tell you what, I've, I've, barely, I've only just got, got past the prologue. I've been playing about two and a half hours. For $7.99, I've only just started the main game. Fair that's enough. not that's not Fairly bad. good value for money here. Yeah, I don't know how long the main game will last, have you, mind you, but I think it's good for when you can see a, a burial sea. I'm actually curious, just randomly, because you said that it was a mobile game to start with, so whether or not they'll make a version of it for... Because if it was on Android, then maybe they'll put it on the UU and the game stick. Hmm. I'm not sure, because it's still, graphically-wise, it's very similar to the original Deus Ex. It's quite high-quality graphics, so I'm not sure whether they would actually be able to handle that... Quality. I'm not sure how powerful. I'm they pretty are. sure the you you could. There you are, you users. You, you can't go. handle quality. Oh, th- th- dear, you heard all, it here. All ten of you out. All ten of you out there, <laughs> <laughs> including one sitting across the table from me. Bastards. Yeah. I might be completely wrong about saying it's a mobile game. I'm sure I read it was from a, it was a mobile game. I might be completely wrong about that, but that's all right. Won't be the first time, aren't they? Yeah, but we like being wrong. It gives yeah. something to talk about on Flashback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually get more content. We yeah, yeah. spent most of Flashback saying, yep, I was wrong. No, I was wrong about that. You know, I said that, yeah, I was wrong. Do you remember good. that? Yeah, that doesn't even exist. It's a good job we're rubbish at proofreading, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose you should read your research before you do all this sort of thing. 
I like yeah. how prepared you guys are because I just come here with like nothing written down at all. I barely remember yeah. what I've got written on there. Hence why Nick generally has to remind me. Yeah, generally. <laughs> so <laughs> now... This time we've upgraded because this time I've actually printed out three copies of the show notes. Right. So this is how hardcore and high-tech we are now. Yeah. Not only do we all have a microphone these days, we have our own show notes. Copy, yeah. Uh, three copies each. Not really funny if we actually had our own different Three copies, <laughs> one each. And, yeah. and the blue font hints that it came out of a colour printer, so, you know, yeah, yeah. we're aiming this high here, cool, guys. Yeah. An Epson printer, don't you know? Holy crap, the yeah. budget for this episode must be going through the roof right now. Well, no, well it's, not my, it's not my ink, it's my parents' ink. So that's the main thing. And, but have you not noticed weird news? Look at that. Coloured paper. Wow. wow. Yeah. Past- the weird news on a pastely yellow coloured paper. This Are we going to have to go and get a loan out to keep the show going? Yes. Crap. We need to monetize all the videos. Yeah, never going to happen. No one will watch this crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. They listen to it. No one will listen to it either. Yes, they do. We've got we've got thirteen subscribers. <gasps> oh my god! Six of them are me, but <laughs> <laughs> oh I th- dear! I think worked out once we've got like three unique subscribers of who are people we don't actually know. Hello, all three of you. Please email us at randnerdsdoc at gmail dot com so we know who you are. Please. 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 Getting sick and tired uh, of all the spam. Yeah, it's all getting spam. I'm beginning to start applying. So I'm, I think we have to start like adding like to the list the Nigerian princes who keep emailing us. Just add to the list. I hate to break it to you, but that's the reason I've not been playing games this uh, this month. I've been at well, home. You've got to go by Nigerian prince. And I've been making a noose, but uh, yeah, <laughs> probably because I'm being harassed by Nigerian princes. Well. There you go. Have you guys ever seen that video of the Nigerian print, uh, the so-called Nigerian princes with the Nigerian scammers doing the uh, dead parrot sketch? No, that's worth looking into if you've not seen it. Basically, link, link in the show. She'll notes. have to stick a link there. Yes, some guy just like, when they were sending him emails, he just sent reverse emails saying he paid them, but they have to do this. So he got them to redo the entire Monty Python's dead parrot sketch and make a video of it. It's quite extraordinary. I remember seeing the one with this guy. Um... He he got a dodgy email with someone who's trying to basically do a dodging game to buy like his MacBook. Um, he's actually chapping his chap in America, and he was being sent to someone in London. He was, and he and he basically got this dodgy bid on eBay, and this guy was sort of saying, "Oh, if you do this and do this, I'll get it all sent out. You know, I'll, I'll send it to you via wiretap or whatever it is, sort of a dodgy way of paying for goods and trying to convince him to sell it." So he basically played along. To the point where he sent the guy a made-up MacBook, which he made out of two bits of wood with a hinge <laughs> on it, and he drawn all the keys on it, and he drawn it all on, and he got. He said, "I said, he said, um, I'm not happy." And the guy had insisted he sent it not to his address, but to a um, cybercaf. But he had already got like a group of forum friends who were in on this, and he got about three and went down to the cybercaf with cameras to film it, hit secretly, <laughs> and he saw this guy coming in so disappointed. He got his fake MacBook. That was hilarious. Good times. Excellent. Well, that was a short section. So, straight on to the film review then. Well, this month, this literally a couple of weeks ago, Valve released a film called Free to Play, which isn't about free to play games. It's about Dota. Now, I'm not actually a fan of Dota, um, but it's about the first Dota International, but it's more about the people involved. Now, I've watched it all the way through. Fawning hasn't watched it at all. Uh, Luke, I think, watched 10 minutes of it. Yeah, about that. But it was really interesting. It, it's It's it was a fascinating watch I was hooked for the whole hour and 15 minutes it was on I, I went to watch it and then I just saw Dota 2 and nope the fuck out of there I was like nope 
No, Seriously, that. you should watch. Even though it's not, it's supposed about Dota Two, it's really about the gamers. But it's a bit about they talk about Dota Two, obviously to give people an idea who don't know what Dota Two is, because I don't know much about Dota. I've never played it, don't know a lot about it, and it gave me a bit of the background of what it all meant and defense what the of the agents. Are, what the, oh, no, you can't call it defense of the agents. Because no, because that's the mod for Warcraft Three. Yeah, exactly. So, it's just so then technically they can't call I, it I Dota Two. Like I remember no, when Dota's just a random name. It's not. It's not an acronym. It's just a name. Dota. I remember when that it sort of first came on the scene and people were giving out like free passes and stuff for it, and I got given one by someone I know, and just playing it and yeah, hating every minute of it. And then Steam just kept giving me free passes for it to give to other people, but I'm not that cruel, so I just hoarded them until they got rid of them. Oh, well, it seems popular enough. But it follows three gamers. There's one guy from Japan, one guy from Ukraine, although he might not be part of Ukraine in the way Russia's going at the moment. And the third guy's an American, and it follows their sort of how they sort of go together to the big event, the first Dota International, um, and how they compete and get on. And so, in short, bollocks to their teams. <laughs> well, they're sort of the team captains, as it were. So they sort of lead the teams. So that's where they get followed. You do meet, you do see their teams. Are they as uh, vapid as the older? fighting game industry where they would just get really really angry with each other and there's some great videos of fighting games where people just get really raged and start shouting at each other one of the team one of the guys does have a bit of a i wasn't ever quite sure from the very start it's the, the japanese guy didn't quite i don't know something i didn't quite like is that the uh, kid that was practically always sat in the corner as his family is ripping into him constantly? Yes, he's, he plays his games and not not getting his straight A's, yeah. <laughs> Your studies suck a dick. You play too much games. Pretty it's much, nice to yeah. see that they're sticking to the stereotype well, of that Well, actually, the American chap got thrown out of his house because he's gaming. His parents actually threw him out. So this is basically like um, the video How, game yeah. version of The X Factor where everybody gives their sob story beforehand and we're all feeling sorry it, for it him. It is a bit about case of... Well, no, the um, Ukrainian guy doesn't get kicked out, but it is a bit of... Um, how Dota, being a professional gamer, ruined my life a little bit as you watch it. And how basically it's, it's, it's quite odd in a way because these guys, when they go to these tournaments, if they don't win, they come away with near enough nothing. They do go away with nothing. That's just yeah. the way professional gaming has always been since mm. it started way, way, way back when. Yeah. But you then at some point you meet this um other team called E Home, which is the Chinese team's like said the best team in the world. And their manager, oh he's an absolute he's so full of himself. I hated him from the moment I watched first saw him. He's so full of himself. Goes on and on about oh how when the when E Home walk in everybody sort of you know he he virtually said they all worship them as they walk through the door. So you're so full. Of, I'm glad they end up losing. He's so full of himself. Oh, did they get thrashed or was it like a close? It was close, but they um they got to the final. Um, I won't ruin it for anybody who's not watched it by saying which of the three people how far they got into the competition. Um, but they but one I will say one did make it to the final, but I won't say who made it to the final. But it was. Really interesting documentary. I don't know much about Dota, but I quite I think that I could see that being what I liked about it is most of these documentaries you ever see about computer games tend to always be about that this is a computer game. Now computer games people play them. People use a mouse and keyboard to play a computer <laughs> game. Sometimes they enjoy and it just sort of this game is called Sonic the Hedgehog. I've watched a couple of good ones. There's a really good one about the fall of Neo Geo, sort of giving you the background on how Neo Geo got to where it was. 
how I sent Kaden fell apart and was then bought by the Koreans and turned into something else. There's another really good one, I believe you might have seen, Luke, about arcades. Yeah, that arcade was 100 gaming. yen or That's the one, 100 yen. That's that was really, really good. good. Very good documentary worth watching. Look, that was basically why they arcades talk, survive in Japan. They go into they sort of a here. similar thing to this Dota one in that because they talk to the champion of uh, Street Fighter 4, don't they? The yeah, guidance. they talk about the champ- to the champion of Street Fighter 4 and the kind of like the leaders of uh, DDR. Yeah. Yeah, it's Random. pretty interesting. What is it in the DDR? You found the type of RAM. Sorry, that did that just put into my head battering RAM simulator. <laughs> that would be hardcore. Siege the castle. That would be good as an arcade machine because you could just have like I don't know, just a um, you all work together. A, tar- a target on the wall, and you had to just headbutt it constantly. And if you fail, you get boiling oil poured on you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that would be, be so rare. Yeah. That'd be excellent. All these games, like this, this is this is. That's hardcore gaming. This is John. He's got the highest score and he's just like a little vegetable in the corner because he's got so much brain damage from headbutting just so often. It's like slightly crispy as well. It's like, damn. So why did you... Why recommend the documentary then? I mean, what was it really that clicked? It was just... It was the way it was filmed, the way they managed to make something I have no interest in interesting. Was the fact that we were talking about free-to-play stuff the other week something that might have inspired you to watch it? Yeah, it was a little bit, yeah. yeah. It was a kiss of saw on there for, I'll give it a watch. And I tell you what, it's got so much, I'm actually going to watch the next Dota International. I'm actually that interested in it now. I'm going to watch the next Dota International. I wonder if you'll ever actually play Dota. Oh, God. I'm ever going to be good enough to play Dota. You'll never play Dota because you have to play with other people. That that (laughs) as well, but I just wouldn't I hated Dota. I just could not get into it. The trouble with Dota from people who have seen players, if if you don't play well, you actively hurt the team. The t- such a big team-based game, if you don't play well... Also, I've heard really from gets... people that play it religiously that if you log in and your team is made up of Russians, you are screwed. You aren't going to win because all they do is shout at each other. <laughs> not that I'm saying that that's necessarily what they do. Yeah, that just you. seems to be the word on the street. That I've, Russians well, who play Dota shout at each other quite a lot. That's all right. Well, I'm, I've seen lots of players who shout at each other in their tournament games. Good stuff. But no, it's it, it was a, it's a, it's a documentary I could see being put onto normal channels... You know, being picked up by BBC or something, poor naughty, but I bet people could watch it and they'd. Uh, it, they didn't treat people like idiots. It just said, look, this is serious, but like any other sports documentary, you don't see a football documentary, they say, this is a football. Here is a goal. You don't see any of that. They assume you know the basics, and this is the same thing, so it teaches you a bit more like an adult game. It teaches gaming like an adult thing, it didn't teach it like a kid's thing that adults play, which is why I liked it, because you could tell it was made by gamers rather than by somebody who's just trying to fulfill a duty fair enough basically it was made by valve to push Dota, oh no really. oh, definitely oh yes definitely um, it was i have to admit what put me off watching it was that indie gamers documentary the one that made me physically sick was but that uh, the one with uh, it was Phil basically Fish. yeah it was just the, the trials so and tribulations hard. of phil fish oh god it was so hard to be phil fish fuck <laughs> you phil fish I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. He's born with a pubic beard. That's not good, you know. You can't grow a proper beard, Phil. We feel for you on that respect. But when it comes to the whole, oh, he's getting upset about his game, and he's basically blaming everybody else for his failings. And, yeah, I, I don't really know why everybody supports him and why that documentary supported him, really. But there you go. All it really showed me is that most indie developers are pretentious. <laughs> At I've... least the ones that get into the spotlight. Yeah. 
Perhaps you have to be a little bit to push yourself to get to Maybe. that stage, I think. But I don't know so much, because like, you get the guy behind Hotline Miami, and he's relatively on the down low, and that's a really good game. So I just want to perhaps the people who, the ones they're going to feel, the ones who shout the most, which tend to be the most pretentious people. Yeah, and yeah. And the ones who probably aren't so pretentious, the ones who wouldn't necessarily want to go on documentary. Yeah, no, absolutely. No. I would, seriously though, when you get, I know you're not saying the day to it, I would seriously give this a watch. Yeah. Because I think, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by it. The thing for me and the whole free-to-play documentary is, one, free-to-play, it might as well have just been called Dota International, yeah, the documentary. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right? And the, in my opinion, there was something pretty much bang-on like it that told you, you know, you're like, oh, it's all about the gamers, the, how the gamers feel and that, these following these professionals. MTV already did something like that called MTV True Life, I'm a Gamer. Yeah, but this is, why shouldn't someone else make a documentary about it? Because Valve's attempt was crap, and it was about Dota. I liked it, and I think I would highly recommend it. Okay, I'm cool, cool. with that. I'll let that slide. Good. I knew you'd hate it. I knew, because I knew anything that's slightly popular, I knew you'd hate it. It wasn't even the fact it was popular, it's just, it was fucking Dota. I mean, if they'd have said to me, okay, right now we're going to spice it up with a few other things, but they didn't. It was, to, be it, fair, it was because, to be fair, it was advertised as a documentary about the Dota International. Yeah, exactly, but that's not how you sold it to us. So unless we actually went looking for it to see what it was, then we wouldn't know. We just looked at, oh, free to play, click, oh shit, it's about Dota, off. <laughs> that was my exact reaction. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. I mean, oh, that's just, that is just how it fucking was. I mean, let's put it this way, I was... I was watching a lot of YouTubers who were talking about the Dota International when it came out, and they were fucking featured in that documentary. I was like, fuck this crap. I was like it back then, and I was when the documentary came out. It's like, holy crap, did we need like an hour and a half documentary I about this? I will never understand the craze of Dota. Just, it won't ever click with me. I don't really get it. I mean, it. they might as well have just said fucking, all right, then what we're going to do next is Farmville the documentary. I can kind of get like with fighting games, <laughs> having been a player of fighting games, there is an element of skill and timing in that involved, but with Dota, it doesn't seem like there's any of that there. It's more about just knowing how to follow the route of the game and then that's it. And it's it's kind of like grinding I, the game to I would me. imagine it comes to, depending on your skill level, I'm, I'm psychologically guessing here, I'd imagine that possibly at lower levels it probably is a bit like that, but when once you get to the higher levels when there comes a point when everybody can do that and then it does then the skill really starts to come through. But you see the guys using their keyboards, their mice and the speed they're doing it, they clearly are thinking and clearly having to work very hard to do it and there is obviously some It's sort of more it. like an exercise in patience to me though, rather than look, with a fighting game your your reactions are specifically timed. Whereas in Dota it didn't seem to work like that, at least from my experience of playing it and watching other people play it. it just, yeah, yeah. It, it, like Dota. Right? It's just a there big a, sort of tower a, defense game, I think isn't it? It is a bit about timing and a bit about um, knowing when to do your moves and when to do your special, how you plan it and do it. I, th- I think the best way I could compare it is comparing it to say like MMO combat, like World of World of Warcraft style combat, but on a strategic scale, which to me doesn't work. It just feels like menu clicking with nothing really happening. It kind of felt empty to me, but that's just my perspective from playing it. Pretty much. I'm actually curious how much the documentary would have changed if they'd have called it League of Legends. Seriously, that would have been exactly there the same. There seems to be a big same. war between the two fan bases, doesn't there? The yeah, Dota pretty much. Fan it's pretty much bang on the over, same thing. Yeah, the same game. <laughs> like you're oh, shit, now we're going to get murdered. <laughs> yeah, it is. They are, they are 
they're two their troublers they're too sim they're similar but not similar enough to be that you create a war between them I hate when fan bases argue. It's like, well, why can't there just be two games that everybody enjoys? In fairness, though, because it looked like talking, you know, <laughs> that's not saying that. It's like, fuck you, console gamers. It's like, yeah. fuck you, PC gamers. It's like, can't oh, we yeah, all I, just I, get along? I, I don't get console wars. I never will. But then with certain games and stuff, I've argued with people over my game is better than your game. So, yeah, I've been there. When it comes to console gamers i never used to worry about console gamers but i got so fed up with console gamers it's saying <laughs> i'm a pc gamer and all i got was all oh, the pcs done i was like i thought do you know what if you can't i had nothing against you next is gonna go <laughs> if you can't afford a gaming pc i was just waiting for that so no, like, oh, no i wasn't gonna say that <laughs> if you because you know games aren't that expensive you know if you do it right you don't have to pay a huge amount you can spend less on a con- less on a game pc account on a console easily um, I just think to myself, if you can't just sort of accept that some people that you know don't want to play on Xbox 360. I play both, to, best of both worlds. They want to play, yeah, it's like people have these walls between the PS3 and the Xbox. I mean, oh, for God's sake. Oh, you've got two different consoles. Some of you like one, some of you like the other. Live with it. Why do you need to argue over it? My version of this game is better than your ones. Oh, fuck They look near off. enough identical. The, the only PC's thing better. that ever really gets me with the consoles is the exclusives that's all the, the only real difference yep. so i would my, my my choice of console if i would buy one would be based on the consoles exclusives not anything else really i think i actually mentioned that in the podcast once that i counted i tallied up all the different exclusives on all the different systems and the xbox tanked so bad it, it does horrible. yeah i mean the xbox yeah. is pretty much a platform for um multi-plat games really isn't it mostly it does have its own exclusive games i mean i think it had like four exclusives not many that were worth comparison. my time it was like four titles for all that money and then just, no and then it's playstation 3 it was is, next to me the xbox does seem like the watered down pc doesn't it compared to the other consoles it is like oh, yeah, the is. console that wants to be the most like the, well being a microsoft console the console that wants to be most like the pc yeah but the same be fair the same time when xbox came out microsoft pretty much turned its back onto the pc Mm. You know, not long after the Xbox come out, you end up with Yeah, Vista. I guess Valve up, would yeah. be the saviors of PC gaming at the moment, yeah. wouldn't Marks, they? Microsoft have pretty much turned their back onto the PC now. Games for Windows <laughs> Live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or as it's now, Games for Windows dead. Yep, thank fuck for that. Or will be soon. Soon. Unless it becomes Games for Windows Undead. <laughs> that would be horrible. How would you kill it if it's digital? You can't shoot it in the head. Shit, we're just gonna have to disconnect the internet. Yeah, we'll <laughs> like shut, somehow we're gonna, we're have, gonna to have to down shut the down internet. the internet down. And then we'll, isn't that what like, the American government been trying I, for years? I, think, I just honestly, I, I, in my mind, I like to think that somewhere out there, there's like a little server room that's got like a kill a little, switch. that's got a little Commodore sixty four running, and that controls the internet. That is the there's, entire. There's one it? little. Uh, it RJ, won't be a Commodore. Uh, little RJ five cable connecting to the outside world. And that is it. That is the internet there. And if you unplugged it, it goes, oh, shit, I've shut down the internet. If it's going to be anything, it'll be an Amstrad CPC. Yeah. <laughs> That's it where will... Alan Sugar's raking it all in. Yeah, it is. He controls the internet. Actually, I remember, there was, do you remember when Google accidentally shut down the internet? Google has its, in its website, Google search has the ability to, like, if it wants to, block websites and so forth. Websites are, like, highly illegal. You can block it. Well, one of their programmers, they meant to like put a semicolon to end like the blocking. One person forgot to do it, and so Google just blocked every website. And nice. So, but, and of course, like, what was it? Like 80% of traffic goes through Google first. They basically shut the internet down. Rock on, Google. <laughs> that was GG. Brilliant. That was good. I love Google for doing that. 
Google versus the internet, the documentary. Yeah. What would they call that? I don't know. That's it. And just fucking call it semicolon. There you go. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> the missing semicolon. Google. The case of the missing semicolon. Google. We're co- turning us more and more like Michael Orr's 1984. It is basically going that way, isn't it? To be fair, you've got street views. You've got the monitoring in place. It's all good. They know where you live. They monitor your emails. It's gay there. Well, Google will turn, take over the world. I've already got a strange structure up in um, San Francisco. Fucking San Francisco. We're going to get black bagged, aren't we, at some point? We are. We are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. When we disappear off the internet because Google's blocked us. <laughs> Which will probably be by the end of this podcast. I wouldn't even put it up. We've already been blocked. Yeah, well, they, they, well they're watching us. They've got this. They, they're Ironic, considering we'll probably be the only channel open in North Korea, so they love us. <laughs> oh, I yeah. think we established. Everybody loves North Korea. We all love North Korea, don't we? Dear leader. We all love them. Okay, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> North Korea, you just keep just keep on going. You have your craziness. Just, just gift don't get, that keeps on just giving. Just don't become actually a threat. Just keep just being crazy. We like you, crazy. The world, the world sort of looks you as a bit. Oh, but then a bit of a case of. Oh, it's quite sweet, really. Keep America when, on their when toes. You, now, when you see North Korea sort of army doing its military maneuvers, you go, oh, bless. <laughs> it's like, see, you know, you see, like, little kids sort of, like, dressed up in little... <laughs> you know, you see, like, little kid sort of dressed up in, like, um, army gear, and he's, like, wearing, wearing, pretending to be, like, a soldier. You go, oh, bless. That's basically how I see North Korea. Well, we are so being shut down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get nuked by that new missile. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be a strike right down on if us. You've got, Kim, uh, you're my bro. You know we're only messing. When you've got a nuclear missile, that the missile's called the Dong, you know, really. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you know it's going to go well. Oh, North Korea. We will come visit you one time. Can we do a podcast on <laughs> North Korea? That would be so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it must be done. It must be done. Perhaps we get Kim Jong Un to come on the or come to, come on the podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in. Yeah. Seriously, that's <laughs> happening. We need Dennis Rodman on there as well. Free get eaten by Yorkshire Terriers from North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that on the schedule. Podcast 100, North Korea. We're going. <laughs> Make it happen, people. Yeah. If North Korea still exists by then, soon to be on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and Patreon. Um, the other one I want to talk about uh, was Jonathan Creek. Series 5 has just ended. Is that a good thing? I, saw it's ended or I yeah, remember it watching yeah. the first few yeah. series of it ages ago, it being quite good. They got rid of the eye candy, didn't they, though? The sexy Carolyn Quentin. See, I like the char- <laughs> but I like the character of Carolyn Quentin. I liked her character. They never quite replaced her with anybody. None of the people they, they, they sort of trotted out as replacements were never quite right. Um... Jonathan Creek, if you don't know, it's a series about, it's sort of like locked room mysteries, you know, something happens like, you know, a painting disappears from a locked room. Wasn't there one where, like, they were killing people with a toilet? No. I I remember something like that. There was a, there was a, there was this mystery story about a room that any men would, like, go into and then they would open the blinds at night and just suddenly die of fright. And that was because they had actually, the hotel fitted little, electrodes underneath the floorboards where the window was and they could actually raise them up on pins so as the people go they're getting electrocuted that wasn't the one i was thinking of i was thinking of the one where the bodies were going into like the uh the tank the oh, water tank yes that was one of the specials that was a um this room that people kept disappearing from 
They love rooms. Wasn't like people a bath tub or something. Yeah. yeah, it was a bath tub. That was it, it was a bath yeah. tub. Yeah. See, I, I just was thinking of them yeah, sitting on the toilet yeah, and they get flushed out. Which would have been brilliant. Yeah. And it yeah. would have been more Alan Davies like, you know, if you ever watch QI, yeah. you know, that would be perfect. He'd love yeah. that. The no, dump of death. The dump of death, yeah. <laughs> now it's, it's a series five, just finished. Um, it was three episodes long. Uh, the first one wasn't, was very different because normally with Jonathan, with a Jonathan Creek episode, mystery happens, you just they discover mysterious stones, they discover a room where someone's disappeared or someone's been murdered they're not sure how they quite eccentric English stuff then happens yeah, in between is, yeah. <laughs> um, that happens and it's how they figure out what happened this what, first episode is a bit like Columbo they show somebody getting basically stabbed and injured and then it shows you how that sort of develops onto the point where she ends up dying and how she ends up causing the mystery so it's sort of done in reverse you see how you know how it's been caused at the start I just it just wasn't interesting because the main character, I think, didn't really get involved. He saw, saw, stunned the. He sort of wandered past, had a cup of tea. Pretty much, he saw, went, yeah, I know what's going on. I figured it out, but I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, bugger it, I'm going off to yeah, go and hang was, out with it, Stephen Fry for a it bit. It was quite like that. It just sort of like, oh, it just didn't all go anywhere. The second episode was a lot better. Um, it was gay, a bit more sort of back to sort of your British eccentricity that's in most of the good Jonathan Creeks. It's about someone who managed to predict the future, as it were, with um ter- with um lottery numbers, and the mystery of it was was that in fact, in a way, he did. <laughs> they, you know, it wasn't like oh he did you know, he just was sheer random luck that he happened to get the numbers. It, that was the mystery. He just did it by sheer coincidence. So that big, was the mystery. Was Wait, mystery. can I just say spoiler alert? <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler. Alert. <laughs> um, sorry if you've not watched them. Uh, well, they're not on iPlayer anymore, so you're not going to be watching them for a while. So you've forgotten by the time they come available again. Uh, the third one, however, was a lot better. The third one was like a proper original Jonathan Creek. You know, it was a proper mystery. Um, really built suspense. It was, a, it was it was like a proper Jonathan Creek. So, first one, not very good. Second one, better. Third one, very good. Marvellous. So cool. I didn't even realise there were five. I don't know why, because I think Inky started watching them recently. They're all on Netflix. Um, the trouble is, it depends how you count the series, because there's quite a few specials. Okay. They sort of did like, you know, you went through a phase of you had series and all you got was specials, so every sort of six months you got a special. They did that, so you So had basically like, when it says like there's 50 seasons of it, there's only like there's, three, but... Yeah, well, there's five, there was five, well, they, they call this the fifth season. Uh, I think there were four sort of normal seasons. <laughs> this is the before. fifth series. There, there were four were, specials there before was, it. There were several specials in between that. You had the Christmas specials and you had quite a few sort of like standard. It was quite a traditional thing to have at Easter, a Jonathan Creek special. Okay. Um, and to be fair, they are written by sort of one chap. I just... As they lost Caroline Quint, it never, it's never been quite the same. I was going to say, I just, it just seemed like... It felt like it was older than it is so well, when you the, said there's the art visuals are from Saw I think the originals come from Saw the late 90s yeah oh, they okay. were it's, it's, quite so they just basically it's, read, it's, read. Yeah. It's, there's been quite a few gaps in between them it is quite an old series and if okay. it is it has been going on for some time but I think because it just takes so long for the chapter to write them because it's done by um, David Renrick he does sort of he does a whole lot by himself so basically they haven't completely lost my mind it just takes a long fucking it's, time it's, 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 yeah um, the uh, the first or two seasons were really good, and it sort of slightly went downhill. They never the, the characters they introduced just didn't work. Has they've done some good things like there was a side character which is the American magician, and basically that just got silly and silly and silly as the seasons went on. That sort of started to take over a little bit. That's oh yeah, dropped, I remember that. Yeah, that's, they've dropped in completely. He's gone. 
he doesn't do anything with it anymore, that's dropped completely, which is fine by me, because that did get the point of being a bit silly, if okay. I was honest. No idea what you're talking about. All right. Well, cool. Cool, but... Jonathan it's probably because they're too busy. Yeah, it wasn't that like his original job. He was a magician. He designed magic tricks. He designed tricks. the tricks, yeah. He designed the magic tricks, yeah. For this magician. He worked for this American magician designing magic tricks. And he used to get involved in this guy, always this guy's schemes. But, I don't know yeah. why, but this is starting to sound so crazy. I'm expecting some crazy guy with a top hat and a mustache and a no, monocle like running that. around no. time. He was, he was more track. like, I'm, I'm thinking of the guy that was in Torchwood. He was similar to that guy, wasn't he? Um... The American Jack Hunt. Yeah, yeah, he was like that. What the magician? No, no, it wasn't like that. No, he was, he was, he was fairly stupid, but he seems a bit of a ladies' man. Um, There's at one point where he walks up to. He's been given his. um, He's got a, I think, Japanese girlfriend. She gives him a dressing gown. It's got Japanese um, symbols on it. He's very proud of it. He thinks it's great. It makes him look really suave, sophisticated. And he goes up to one of the reviewers and he says, "Oh, um, what do you think of it?" The reviewer says. You've been to Japan? He goes, a bit. He goes, I did. I spent several years there. I learned some Japanese. He says, when you've got a dressing gun that says, I'm for the shit. There's <laughs> <laughs> got some quite sort of relevant humour in it, which is quite nice. It has yeah. got some of its humour, so and it still maintains its slightly weird humour. So episode one, the guy goes around this woman's house. She's got a daughter called Ripley, and the house is called Nostromo. And he said, oh, he's saying, guess what she's into? <laughs> I thought that was quite clear. That's just sort of just random. It's randomly enough to be to this to get away of it. It's it's all right. It's cool. enough for you to think it's so badass. Yeah, <laughs> just it's like a documentary about Dota. No, it's not good as the originals, but it's okay. So, Adam, tabletop. Right, onto a tabletop section. Well, I haven't played many new games. I did get an expansion for Descent, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet, so that'll be something we'll talk about later. I have, however, been playing a game called Red Dragon Inn, which is rather fun. It's a drinking game, but not necessarily a drinking game. The game is is basically set in a tavern after the adventurers had gone on their quest. So, like, you've got traditional sort of RPG party. You've got four characters. There are expansions. I think there's four expansions in total with some extra side expansions that give you, like, one character each. But your four main characters that you start off with, there's Jerky the Rogue. He's like a halfling. Fiona the Busty Cleric. Oh, God, I can't think of the names of the others. There's, there's a female human warrior, though. And then there's a male human wizard who has a pet familiar, which is a rabbit called Pookie, I think. And the rabbit can go into insane rages. That's one of his special abilities. Your basic idea of the game is that you have two ways of winning and two ways of losing. Being that you have money, so you can gamble to make money. And you have a fortitude meter, which is there's 20 numbers on your card. And there'll be a little token on the number one, a little token on the number 20. Token on the number 20 is your fortitude. The token on the number one is your alcohol level. So every time your character takes a drink, which you have to do each turn, your alcohol level goes up slightly, depending on what you had to drink. Your fortitude stays where it is, but other players can affect it with cards. Basically, each player has their own deck relevant to their character. Each turn consists of playing a card from your deck and then taking a drinking card. So your characters are all getting progressively more drunk and you're all playing different skills to try and screw each other over, basically. It's a pretty fun game. It's not too bad. I, unfortunately, was playing the Rogue and as we didn't really... It was our first time playing a game. 
his victory is based on gambling. He forces the players to gamble money and he will win based on players losing money rather than getting them more drunk, which we failed at miserably. So I didn't do very well in this game. But um, yeah, it's not a bad little game, really. So, so let me just get to it. So the idea is they're all sat around a table. Yeah. What's the source of tournament? Why are they sort of trying to get people's it's, fortune down? Has it just been they're talking about adventures they've just been yeah, on? Yeah, all it is is they're just like adventures that have been on a mission and they've come back and they're just having a drinking game of who can get like the most drunk and whoever gets the most drunk obviously loses by testing each other's fortitude. So basically hey, what well, you do is you uh, play a game who, of D&D and then you play a game of this and yeah, now you've I got the you game could, pretty much. Yeah. It's like with whoever gets the most drunk loses. Well, why don't you just, I just, I, yeah, I'll be on coke all evening. I won't get the most drunk. But then you're not participating <laughs> in the fun, Nick. <laughs> You've got to do a bit of drinking and a bit of gambling. That's the All idea. All I can say is I'm glad we weren't doing this game last week. It would have been brilliant. Last part podcast episode. <laughs> I might have been the most drunk, but I would also have been the richest somehow. Yeah. Somehow. But I bought an expansion for it, which is uh, Cormac the Barbarian. Because one thing that really peeves me about modern tabletop games is back in like the early sort of 90s and in the 80s, barbarians were quite prominent characters in tabletop RPGs. And I love playing as a barbarian because it's just run in, hit things, go into a mental craze, be crazy, which is brilliant. But they seem to be lacking. But one of these expansions is you get to play as a barbarian character and his abilities are more based on the fact that he can go into barbarian rages. Haven't had a chance to play him yet but that'll be quite fun when I do. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty fun game. I like the fact that there's two ways to win. You can either win by forcing the gambling mechanic, which the wizard and the rogue seem to be quite good at, or by forcing the other players to get more drunk than you, or being quite resistant to drink yourself, which tends to be where the warrior comes in, because she can resist quite a few of the uh, effects of the drinks. But yeah, it's not, not a bad game at all. Relatively quick, only takes about an hour to play, yeah. maybe less, depending on how well so- you do him. I'm just a bit sort of perplexed to be honest with you. It's so that you sit around the table, you take it in turns, yeah, and you draw a card. Right, your turns consist of you've got your main deck, which is your player deck, which is based on your character. They've all got different decks that do different things. You draw seven cards to begin with, and then each turn you'll you'll build your hand back up to seven. So you've always got seven cards in your hand. You play one of the cards from your hand could be any kind of effect. For example, the rogue can initiate a gambling section where you, if you've got cards relating to gambling, you all play them and whoever has the last card will win the money. You all have to put money in, you bet on it, and then he'll win it. Um, or you could just play a card that affects an opponent's constitution, fortitude, something right. like that. Then you play a drinking card, which is you pick a card and you take a drink and you have to suffer the effects of the drink. It could be something that knocks your, knocks your uh, alcohol limit up by three or four. could be something that only goes up by one. might be a cup of coffee, so you don't go up at all. So, yeah, that's the idea. The drink is always random. All right, so, and how, so you mentioned this is a drinking game, so how would you do it in real life? Would well, the you... way we do it, we've done it in real life, is every time you take a drinking card, depending on how much fortitude or, or alcohol intake it has, you would drink that much. So, you know, if it was quite high, you'd be drinking a whole can or something. Uh, if it was relatively low, wow, you'd just take it a few swigs. Or maybe, like, we'd go into whole bottle territory. Who knows? Ooh. Depends what a whole bottle of. Yeah. Whole bottle of whiskey. Whole bottle of whiskey. There you go. Whole bottle of every <laughs> end. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good thing about it is, I mean, there's no strict rules, so you can just stick drinking in if you want. You don't have to play that. We didn't. We just played it regularly. But then you can gamble in it as well if you really wanted to. So it gives you options. 
to play it that way. But I definitely recommend it. It's a fun little game. Again, like Luke was just saying, if you've played a game where you've been like on a dungeon crawler or an adventure, it's a nice game to play to wrap up the evening where you're all trying to screw yourselves over and make a bit of money and that. All good fun. I tend to like these kind of games where you have like four people playing a card game and you're all playing against each other. It keeps you, keeps the game moving, which is why Munchkin is such a good game. It's kind of similar to that in that regard. How much is it? Do you know? I don't think it's that expensive. I think it's within sort of twenty pound range, so it's relatively cheap. Then each expansion is about the same because it gives you four characters, and then the smaller expansions, like the one I bought, which is just for one character, they only cost about ten pound. So it's not bad, relatively reasonably reasonably priced. It's all good. Yeah. All good fun. All good fun. Yep. That's- My drink of choice: Iron Brew. See if I can like see yeah. if I can stave off diabetes long <laughs> enough to finish the game. It has to be maybe Captain Morgan's non-spiced normal rum. I don't Ooh. like spiced rum. Any old kind of rum for me, really. I'm quite no, happy. Yeah, we noticed rum. that. Yeah, we <laughs> you're banned from rum. Rum is all good. Oh, we'll move up to mead instead then, which is potentially worse. Yeah, I've never had mead. I'd like to try. Really, mead. we shall I'm... have to get a bottle of mead in. It's good. Like oh mead. crap! Here we go. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the next podcast. Mead isn't so bad because you can drink, well, you can drink mead relatively slowly or you can be crazy and neck it, but I wouldn't advise it. This is going to be the Rand Nerds Drinking Podcast, yeah. Yeah. episode 11. Yeah. yeah, episode 11. Drinks we've been drinking, section one. <laughs> yeah. Episode 11 is going to be getting completely hammered. Episode 100 is then getting killed by the Koreans. Amazing. <laughs> by the end of episode 11, we'll just all be singing to each other about drunken songs. Or should we what's say your, we'll make the drinking okay. podcast episode 50 okay. if we ever get there? Yeah, yeah if we what, get there. What is your drinking song? The song you sing when you're drunk? I don't. Oh, you silly, you sad person. Generally, I just go and drink more. Sea shanties are always good when you're drunk. They're good fun. It's got for me, it's Danny Boy. Oh, dear. Oh, I sing Danny well, Boy, the pipes of pipes. But I only know about one verse. So I just keep it. So it's <laughs> over and over. Every time he just knocks me. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, have to, I do though. quite like What Should We Do With The Drunken Sailor. That's a great drinking song to sing. Oh, yeah. bollocks. When you include all the random ones, like Shave His Belly With A Rusty Razor, which always seems to make everyone laugh. But anyway, right, getting okay. back to the subject <laughs> at hand, Red Dragon Inn, yeah, I definitely recommend it, especially if you're like a fan of role-playing games and stuff, because it parodies them, and it's got comical cards. It's really good fun. Definitely a thumbs up. Well, stuff we're looking forward to. Luke, you've been very silent so far as podcast. I was pretty silent the last the couple were, of podcasts yeah. as well. <laughs> He's so busy sat there fiddling about the levels, he sort of disappears into the ether. Yeah. I learned some interesting things about the recorder, but that's irrelevant. Really? Yeah. It Basically, with these microphones, it hisses once you turn the volume over seven, which made me want to punch someone in the face. Editing that out made me want to kill someone by the end of it. So... If you ever want to drive me completely insane, just someone reach over and turn the volume up on one of these things to over seven, and everyone will die. Well, Don't which, yeah. which, 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 which would that be? Yeah. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> sit, sit here and go <laughs> the whole podcast. <laughs> Seriously, someone's going to do that. Like, for, look, we'll get someone on mic four. Just have them sit here, and they just have to do something we'll just, really we'll just, stupid. If we haven't got someone, we'll just cook bacon next to the mic. Yeah, but I can't complain about that. No, like, oh, fuck it. no we, one would actually we talk. We would sit there. It's like saying and and oh bacon, oh, bacon. Oh, Red uh, nerds uh, episode anyway, anyway, twelve. Games been played. Oh bacon, 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 <laughs> booze, bacon, drinking booze, and bacon. Booze, That's bacon, what we booze, have to bacon, have. Booze, bacon, 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 bac
Booze. Seriously. Bacon. Ran Nerds episode 12 to cover up. Bacon. So what is that? The Hangover podcast? That, that must have been. Yeah. Episode 11 getting wrecked. Episode 12 <laughs> Bacon podcast. Do we do we need to use in two days? We do episode 11 the night. Then the following morning when we all wake up, we do episode 12. After how much or how popular the last podcast seemed to have been, I thought it would have been like a staple that I'd have to drink every podcast now. It is quite amusing. You could hear yourself getting progressively drunk. Which is great. Yeah. It was quite amusing as it went on. It did get slightly more random as the night went on as well I should have saved more sound bites there you shouldn't yes. <laughs> some yeah. of the stuff I was just sat there <laughs> crying laughing halfway through yeah. but like good Ed he took him out oh. well <laughs> they're all in my own personal archive to blackmail everyone with later on I didn't say anything dodgy no you don't think you did I've still got them all in file <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so stuff we're looking forward to. Stuff we're looking forward to, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's like derailed. I'm not looking forward to bacon, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I was fucking starving. Pod, well, podcast yeah. episode 50, that's what we're looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we were looking forward to getting eaten by, what were they, Jack Russells or Yorkshire Terriers? Yorkshire Terriers, that's hum- episode 100, Luke. Uh, we need to get him here for episode 50. He'll be here sharing bacon Shall- and booze with us, Look, it'd be amazing. Shall I drop her an email? There must be an email. <laughs> it must be done. We've got to do it. Invite him over. Can you imagine if that we do actually get a, if UK gets a visit from North Korea just to come do a podcast? That would be fucking hilarious. Make it happen. Be the best thing ever. Save us going. Can we invite Putin at the same time? Yeah, why oh, not? Bollocks. Get Putin here. We'll spend, we the whole, we'll spend the whole day discussing your you um Ukraine based computer gaming. Does anyone want to res Adolf Hitler and just put him on a stick? No, I'd be going too far, Luke. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Hitler would be crap punk yeah. company. He's we'll get, a bedwetter. We'll get, we, we like Kim, we like Putin, we'll, nah, we'll, not we'll Hitler. Get, yeah. They're just sort of funny. They're, basically, to be allowed on the podcast, if you're an evil dictator, you have to look like a James Bond villain. <laughs> so Putin gets in. Kim will do some of a James Bondish villainish, but he's part of North Korea, which is basically a James Bond villain. He gets in. I don't think there are many other countries left that do that. James Bond villain. This sounds more like Saturday morning. I was going to say, <laughs> well, well, James Bond villains. Let's think. One of them was Knickknack, who was tattoo from uh, what yeah. was it? Thingy Fantasy Island. Island. Fantasy Island. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. he'd Man be the Golden, great. Man of the Golden Gun, the best James Bond film ever. Scaramangus extra nipple yeah what was up with that third nipple business that was that was, so he, that was so he could identify because quite clearly only one person in the whole world has three nipples and it's Christopher Lee it is <laughs> uh, he I love the song of it he's got a powerful weapon you got to know when the person was writing that knew that was going to be a dodgy line. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, stuff we're looking forward to. <laughs> like, <what's this? laughs> Third attempt. <laughs> Let's this, do this. This will be gone by the edit. Yeah, we've been... <laughs> no, I'm keeping that. That was gold. I want to see how long it takes for us to get banned from the internet. Oh, great. <laughs> Considering there's shit like B-boards out there, we're going to be the first to actually get cut. So that we're basically going to have... <laughs> Like some sort of axis of evil dictator group doing yeah. podcasters. <gasps> We've the... got to do a D and D game when they come over. Oh god! Oh Christ! You can dungeon master. No, no. <laughs> Clearly, Kim will be the dungeon master. He'll be the overlord. No, he he'll the role. Yeah, no, he'll want to. No, no, he wants. He'll want to be a player. What player <laughs> characters would they be? Putin. Putin. I reckon Putin's clearly going to be the barbarian man. He loves running around with no, nothing on. No, I don't think so. No, he's quite sort of. He, he sort of. He has. He's good with his words. I reckon he's going to be like a bard. Putin is a bard. <laughs> I reckon he's a bard. I can't imagine this. this is Kim Jong Il, he thinks he, he thinks the sunshine is backside. So he'll be a paladin, an evil paladin, but he thinks the sunshine is backside. 
because nothing can go wrong. I think he'd be like a god, really. He'd come, he'd go, he'd insist on playing as a god character. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, probably. Have to be a deity. Well, yeah. Oh, stuff we're looking forward to. <laughs> Fourth attempt. Let's do this. Okay, let's actually do this. I like bacon. <laughs> Six, seven. So, Pirin, what, what what are your thoughts on bacon? Bollocks. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Come on. We're waiting Fuck here. It's a shame Gaddafi's gone. We can add him as well. Oh, he's saying we can add him as well. Oh. <laughs> Oh, so, oh, so no. we're just bringing people back from the dead now. Yeah. Um, oh god, no, we can still have. Um, oh god, I'm not Shea Guevara. Armadillojad. No, dude that was with Guevara. What's his name? Why Castro? can't I think? Castro. That's he's, the man. Is he still alive? I think he, yeah, he's still alive. Castro. Is he? Yep. Oh, Castro's In still fairness, going. I think you've been picking up people that have already been dead anyway. So it's like, wait, what? We're going to somehow manage to raise them from the dead to bring them to the podcast. We're just going to hang them off mics. We'll go, go right back the to Khan, Vlad Tepes. The Rand Dictators podcast. Anyway, stuff we're looking forward to. <laughs> I'm going to say it now, just quickly, before everyone gets around. Right, the game that gave us the amazing soundbite... Thunder tits. What game could that be? Hope to mention Neptunia. Thunder tits. Yes. Lonnie, come on. Your turn. Thunder Set. tits. Yeah. Thunder tits. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, Hope to mention Neptunia was getting a remake for the PS Vita. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, fuck, it's just going to come out in Japan because everyone's like too full of themselves to like Hope to mention Neptunia. And. JoJo fans tried to kill themselves because we had an anime made of the game. Don't, but, don't um, be listening to JoJo, man. Don't <laughs> be listening to JoJo. But it actually turns out that even one of the crazy... Because they had like a spin-off idol game. You know how in Japan they have all these little oh, right. singing, Like the Hatsune Miku one. I, 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 I downloaded the demo Is that the, of that whatever for the Rebirth thing? Yeah, yeah that, like, there is actually something worth noting in that game. It's is got there? a fancy Star Online 2 stage in it. Oh, I, I, I downloaded the demo and couldn't get my head around it. Some but, crazy what's going on? dancey fucking rhythm game from Japan. But yeah, Hype Dimension Neptunia got one of those kind of things as well. Right. So we were like, okay, we'll never see any of these games come out in, in you know, England and America. Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting for them to bring Yakuza over, the next Yakuza. Well, here's the trick. Dude fights a bear in it. That needs to come over. Dude fights a bear. You can fight a bear. Amazing. What more could you want from a game? Quite a thing. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit, actually. But we think we didn't think any of this stuff would ever come out, especially not the idle game. And then they said, well, guess what? We're going to localise the idle game. That's start crazy, with. yeah. I was like, so we're going to get a, a very Japanese game brought over to the UK and the States. It's actually funny enough mentioning Yakuza. That was one of the things they took out, wasn't it? Like all the social club stuff that they have. Good times. It's like, cut it, fuck it. It's too Japanese, get rid of it. It's like saying, look, we're going to cut way of the samurai because it's too far. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, you might as well cut the whole game. The whole games are very Japanese. Like. No, fuck it. It takes place in a foreign country. Let's just get rid of it. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna re-release Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth, which didn't come out that long ago. That seems they're going through the Did entire you say, series. Was it that it's gonna come out on the Vita? Yeah, well, oh, Rebirth right. is the Vita remake of the PlayStation Three game. I shall have to pick that so, up. So, um, well, that's why I mentioned it because you said you wouldn't play it if it was only in Japanese because obviously it's very story heavy. They're localizing it. I'll it's get that. Hyperdimension Neptunia One with Hyperdimension Neptunia Victories Engine remade for the Vita. Graphically, it's pretty good. It plays pretty cool. smoothly from what I've seen. They've already released the Japanese version of Rebirth 2, which is uh, Neptunia Mark II. So I guess they're going to do Victory at some point as well. And I guess if sales go well for 
uh, the other games, then we'll get localizations of those. Although I still can't understand why the only digital download of Hyperdimension Neptunia we've got is Mark Two. No number one. No number three. Just right, so what? This two. new one is number one, but remade. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Right, okay. It's four for the video. So I'll have to get both of them then? Are they um, well, both? we don't know if they're going to release Because I know one of, them, one of them's on the Vita shop, isn't it? There's a Hyperdimension Neptunia game. No, if you were to search, that would be for the PlayStation 3. Oh, okay. That's Hyperdimension Neptunia Mark II. Oh, okay. But Actually, no, I'm thinking of a different game. I just remembered it's it's that Atelier game or whatever that is. It's a... It's another very Japanese RPG. Oh, yeah. Is that the uh, the one where you have to look farm and stuff? Like you're a, uh, an alchemist or something like actually, that? Actually, no. I just saw that it was on like the list, and I thought that was Hyperdimension Neptunia, but obviously, no, it's not. No. I just remembered it's a different game. Hyperdimension Neptunia being the console wars yeah, yeah. Uh, game. But yeah, I'm pretty surprised they said they were going to localize it. I'll yeah, that's pretty it up, cool. Which is pretty hardcore. It was Seriously, it was just one of the games I thought would just be completely left in the dust. So we might get the full series remade on Vita, which is going to be pretty hardcore because I'll finally have something worth fucking playing on my Vita. There's a few good games worth playing on the Vita. I still haven't played Dragon's Crown. Got to play Dragon's Crown on there. You need Muramasa. I've got that. I still haven't played Have it. you got everybody's golf for it? No. That's worth picking up. It was I got it for £3 or something, but you can buy it relatively cheap now, physical if you wanted to, but I think the digital one's still quite cheap. Very, very good game. Very addictive. I have to just quickly throw out there that it's really, really bad when... The digital game costs more than physical. It is, when, yeah. Whenever you see that and you're like, wait, what? Vita has a lot of games that you can only get digital as well. There's yeah, they've started doing that with 3DS over. and that as well. And yeah. even what pieces yeah, because I wanted Code say, Princess for 3DS, but you could only get a digital version, which really annoyed me because the American one came with like a book and a CD and everything. And it's like, well, that's no not fair. Idea. I mean, they did do something like that with... Um, was it the Fist of the North Star, the second game oh, right. they were bringing out for like PlayStation 3, Xbox, oh, yeah, and the Wii U? Ken's Rage one. Yeah, and the Wii U was like, oh yeah, fuck it, you can only have a digital version. I was <sighs> like, the fuck are you doing? Why do that? People want a physical disc. Yeah. But whatever. It's all good. As a PC game, I've just got so used to digital versions, I don't even worry about it anymore. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, but it's not a problem for PC because PC has a good system where you again, can say like, log into another system and download that game onto another versions. PC. I mean, I, I bought oh, the physical version of Dark Souls because it came with lots of free gear. You got like the CD and the art book and everything, which was pretty cool. Yeah, but it's just when and they made had a digital Steam code only. on it as well, so you could put it on your Steam as well if you mm. wanted to. Yeah, it's good. I don't want gamers to do that. But like I say, when PC has a pretty good platform, Steam is a good platform. You are not just locked onto one system. PlayStation, yeah, no, you, like the PSN, you can only log onto two systems, um, and it's an ask to get it to deactivate all yeah. the other systems. It might be easier now, but whatever. I hate that because it's a bit annoying that with the Vita, one problem I'm having is the Vita store doesn't have all the PSP games and that, and you have to go through the PS3 store to be able to put them on your Vita. Yeah, which and is annoying. And yet you can only lock it to so many... Like, and I don't have a PlayStation 3 anymore, so I'm going to have to use somebody else's, but then what happens when they want to use their Vita on it? You know, it's it's just not good. I think it is just bound to an account rather than uh, yeah. rather than to system. But Which is ridiculous. At least it's not like the Wii U where it is literally console locked, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. 
makes you not want to buy anything because if you do there, have a there are things system, like that with Nintendo I really don't like they're, they're not very savvy with that kind of thing are they it's their, they're their still, biggest failing they are still literally living with the NES yeah they still think that they can get away with half the crap they were pulling and like the region locked 3DS which was just stupid I don't know why they had that I don't understand locked. why they decided to make that a thing considering every other handheld system they'd released to date was yeah. region free which is what made it so great Absolutely, I don't understand either. One of the things I hated when I my brief foray into Xbox 360 gaming, when I was convinced to buy an Xbox 360 by several college friends, and I remember getting it home and I wanted to plug my iPod into it, and you had to download a little bit of software. It didn't cost you anything; it's free. But you download this bit of software to plug your iPod into it, download it, install it. Didn't install properly. Fine, good. Try to download it again. Couldn't. Yeah, because didn't that stop working after a you certain patch only, of the day? only download it once per console. And oh, if you just download what? it and it doesn't install correctly, uh, uh, that's it, you screwed. Marvellous. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, this was, that was one of the things that made me hate the Xbox 360 and then I've dropped This it. is one of these things that all the fanboys out there will defend to the death, even though it's ridiculous. Oh, it's absolutely stupid. Stupid design. Good times. Rock on, so, Microsoft. More people to cut down in the street. What I meant to say there was, yeah, that'll do. Right, okay, <laughs> forty. All right, we finished talking about hyperdimension Neptune. Yeah. I don't know how much we were going to go into on that. Thunder tits. Okay, bacon. thunder tits. Thunder right, bacon. stuff thunder I'm looking bacon. forward to because I am bacon. a gigantic kid, as it's probably known. I am really looking forward to Adventure Time Season 6. I don't know whether either of these guys have actually watched Adventure Time. I've seen Adventure Time. Yeah. No, I, I had a feeling Nick time. wouldn't have. Do, do you like it? Is it something you... Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah. kind of funny. I mean, I dig it because it's like, even though it's a kid's cartoon, it has Pendleton Ward, the guy who made it. It's clearly grown up liking a lot of the same stuff we have. Video games, tabletop games, that kind of thing. And I love how it references very geeky sort of lifestyle things. And and it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really good fun. I love the quirky, offbeat humour. I love how utterly warped some of the characters are it's got that kind of Ren and Stimpy brand of humour to it uh, but taken to some even more psychedelic levels with some of the characters are you familiar with any of the characters oh, I can't remember I know what they look like but yeah. I can't remember a lot of the characters yeah. names it's it's a good series I mean I, I've got the first five seasons I'm now looking forward to season six and it's it's one of those series that as you watch it started off as just being random silly episodes of random stuff happening but it's actually managed to develop a story and the story's kind of poignant at some points which is interesting because the show's so off the wall and so random that you don't expect that um but yeah season six is starting in april so that's something that's definitely there to look forward to anyone that's sort of into well anybody that likes cartoons for a start and anybody that's into kind of role-playing games and things like that should, and video games should give it a watch because it does highlight a lot of those sort of things and yeah because like the, the kid's like a hero and his yeah, dog yeah and... i mean he's like a hero the the basic premise is finn the human because he's the only human now living is is set in a world after a gigantic war but rather than it being a wasteland everything's gone crazy and the world has got like candy people and stuff walking around and other strange beings and he's like the last human and him and his pet dog who's more like his friend just sort of go on adventures and they go into dungeons and fight monsters and stuff and their their main nemesis is the ice king and he's not even really a villain he's just a bit of a lonely old dude that lives in this castle um 
and he kidnaps princesses because he's lonely. Yeah, and, he's trying to uh, constantly get people to be his friend. Yeah, he, he wants people to be his friend. Like he, he's not bad. He's just totally socially inept and uh, they they always beat him down and then eventually you kind of learn why he's the way he is and that he's got a spell cast on him that makes him like that and I won't spoiler it because there's, there's quite a bit of depth to his character surprisingly considering he just started off as this comic relief villain um, they yeah. have made a game for it as well there's recently. a couple of games yeah there's a game Ice King Stop Stealing Our Garbage I think it's called which is the 3DS game and then there's Explore the Dungeon because I don't know. And both games are made by Way Forward, who are very good uh, developers. The second one got panned a little bit. It's kind of like a Diablo S game. You sort of have a little overworld and you go into a dungeon that has multiple floors, fight lots of different monsters. Um, but it, it was said that it's a bit samey and repetitive. We but might th- have to check it out anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm quite looking forward to it. Well, it is out. I'm thinking of picking it up. Um, it's got multiple characters you can play as like Finn and Jake and then some of the other main characters. The other one is 3DS exclusive, I believe, but that's supposed to be quite good. Plays like Zelda 2, so you've got a little oh, overworld okay. and then it goes into sort of a side-scrolling platformer-style game. Yeah, there's lots of merchandise for it. It seems to be really popular amongst kids and adults. It's got quite a big following from both. So, so it didn't seem like a very... I mean, I know it's a kid's cartoon, yeah. but there were always some little adult bits of, in it's there. Got, so. It's got little bits of adult humour and stuff in it. I mean, sometimes I've been like, wow, how did they get away with sticking that in there? Because I'll say a few things and you think that's a bit of an adult joke, but... Yeah, it does go over the kids' it's just heads. Cause, yeah, because so. kids don't get it. No, they, they don't. Yeah, they, ju- they just yeah. like it because it's offbeat and random and Finn's an adventurer and he fights stuff, which, I mean, I'm sure we can all relate to being kids and having watched He-Man and Thundercats and things when we were growing up. I had um, said I never watched any of those when yeah. I was a child. What, what did you watch when you were growing up? I used to watch Horizon, the Dust Science documentary, <laughs> and I used to watch the Open University programs, um, and that was about it. Oh, dear. Like, oh, um... Yeah. I did, when I was young, I used to watch Trapdoor when I was young. Oh, well, that's good. That's a bit like, that's got sort of humour on two levels. It's a bit random, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and it does have sort of adult humour. Yeah. Oh, well. I can still remember the end credit. But we, we can get Nick to relive or, or live his childhood out now. It's <laughs> Adventure Time. so much now. <laughs> oh, my God. Nick, you're watching every season of Adventure Time with us. <laughs> it's like chain him down. You're gonna watch mm. this. He'll love it. It'll be. We're great. gonna start you with Barney the dinosaur and work out. <laughs> I was gonna say, funny work, enough, and work out to My Little Pony. We're, we're, <laughs> we're talking about like dictators and stuff, but there, there's there's a character in that that's a bit of a what, dictator. Kim John likes it. He, he's based on Kim Jong. I'm pretty sure there's a character called Lemon Grab, and he basically builds his own city and cuts it off from the rest of the world and just enslaves all of his own people and stuff, and they live within his own little world. So. And, and he's a bit random and crazy and one of the better characters I think Red. everyone watch Adventure Time yeah definitely I would definitely advise it to people who are into kind of geek culture it's definitely worth watching yeah so it, that'll be season 6 and if, you, if you've if you been watching it there's something to look forward to if you haven't I'm pretty sure that you can get sort of season 1 I think, I think they Netflix. rerun them on Cartoon Network quite a lot as well you can no, I think it's on Netflix them. as well so. oh, right, well that's good yeah easy to get a hold of then Perfect. Excellent. Moving on to other news. Well, I recently was on Steam this this morning, actually, and I saw Galsiv 3 available. And I thought, oh, good, early access to Galsiv 3. I love Galsiv 2. Also, Galsiv being Galactic Civilization. Yes, and it's a strategy game, but I love Galactic Civilization. Really enjoyed it. 
Oh, Alex, I thought, great, I'd love to get Alex to a game like that. It could be great. Went on it. How much do you think they wanted to charge to go into early access? I saw it myself, so I know how much. I have no idea. <laughs> £76. Pounds. Which is ridiculous. Wow. For early access. So give you a hand job and deliver unicorn horn? I don't think so. That sucks. And not in a I good mean, way either. I mean, when it comes to charging for games, I mean, what we think of this idea of charging... I, I've no objection to initially charging for early access. Obviously, I bought Say Being Hunted early access, but that was 15 quid. Nearly seventy-eight pounds. I mean, how much is the full game going to be when it comes out? Because you think early access be slightly should be in my mind slightly cheaper because you're buying yeah. a lower grade game. It's going to be a hundred quid to buy their full game when it comes out. But is this like a founders pack or something? Because I, Not that I, I know can... that there's like Hawken had like a you know a fifty quid pack and uh, Mac Warrior had a big pack. And I had stuff a brief like look at it as I was walking out the door and I looked at it and there's nothing jumped out at me as a good reason why it was that expensive. It just seems crazy. I mean, how can anyone justify charging that much for a game? I mean, if it was like a big box collector's edition or something, yeah. then sure, right? But but it's yeah. it's early access. How can anyone justify? I mean, but people will pay it. They will do. Yes, I think, and it's encouraging them. Yeah, I just can't believe it. How anyone can justify it? How can Starter, who I always had great respect for as developers, can justify putting it out there for that price. This seems to be the way of gaming at the moment. Yeah. This is what developers are doing. They're nickel and diamond us in every conceivable way. And what's worse to me is that gamers are content to let it happen. Yeah. They yeah, just buy them. And Starter used to be one of the good guys. They were the ones who, you know, they they knew to have any DRM on their games. None of their games had DRR on them. They were the good guys. And yeah, but I now just, they've seen there's a lot of fucking cash out there. The dark side has claimed them. It's just... Oh, it's I mean, I keep on telling people to stop pre-ordering games and picking up games that have I the stupid exclusive DLC. I was actually on a forum earlier having a discussion with somebody about well, which will be the next game we talk about. Something that happened where a game has been launched at a ridiculous price. And I used the word boycott. Well, they went off on a huge one about me using that word. So I know you're trying to incite an agenda with people. No, I'm trying to give people an option to not buy a game. And then, you know, it sends a message. If you say to somebody, well, no, I'm not paying that much for your game. If everybody did that, they wouldn't be able to get away with charging the ridiculous price that they do for some of these games. But because people are just lapping it up, then they get away with it. It's ridiculous. I mean, how much would you be prepared to pay if it's just a a game and something you're really interested in? How much would you be prepared to pay, Max? I'd push probably 50 quid. 50 quid. I'd just say 40, your general price. And even then, I think it's a rip-off for how long some games are. Oh, yeah. But um, Then again, you have to think back when we were kids. You know, Yeah, we'd still be paying the same price. And a game only lasted For a game hour. for about an hour, yeah. But, but then they were hard as nails back then. Yeah, and also the technology wasn't so big, so they couldn't make games longer. It wasn't possible. But that's the other thing. They're designed to be replayed again and again and again. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like, these days, the game is pl- like designed just so you can get through. So yes, everyone yeah. has to win. These days, yeah. the games are actually mostly designed for the achievements. A yeah. lot of the time, they're just for achievement hunters, which is terrible. Yeah. I probably, personally, I would be comfortable if it was just for a game. I probably wouldn't be much... Probably forty pound would be my absolute limit, yeah. but it'd have to be something incredible to be forty pounds. For most sort of games, it'd probably be up thirty, 
that would be my sort of limit. See, I mean, this is where we leap into the whole tabletop thing, whereas I'm kind of comfortable paying £50 for a tabletop game, purely because I know I'm going to be playing it again and again and again with lots of people. There's no chance of that game ever being cut off. You know, it's it's like I'm not going to have to upgrade console to play again. I could play that game whenever yeah. I like. We could be 20 years down the line and I'd still be able to crack that it's game out and play it. It's funny you say that now thinking about it because, I mean, the latest edition of Warhammer, that's about 50 quid to buy the rule, just the rule book. But it's different because you're getting something, a physical thing with it. Uh, yeah, I suppose in a way certain tabletop games like Warhammer could be compared to the games industry in the sense that in some not obviously if you're happy to play with the old rules and the old sort of models, that's cool. But in like tournament sessions, people have to upgrade, which again is like nickel and diamond people really, rather than adding more content. They're just rebooting the old stuff and saying, oh no, you've got to buy the new version. Well, yes and no. They um they do things like they readdress the rules. I mean, the news version 40K, they have completely rebalanced it and it does make, it plays a lot better than it used to. They have done a lot of work to make it, and they've tried to make it more future-proof. I'm cool with that, but then they they will then go and say, oh, and now we've completely revamped the Space Marines, and they've all got new models, and now your old models don't count. It's like, well, no, that's well, not cool. They've never... They're very rarely have they ever made a model, actually took a model out of a game. Oh, have they? Very rarely. The last one I knew about was they took out the Skaven Doom Wheel. So if you were to take part in a tournament, would you be able to use some of the old models? Yeah. Them? Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's fine. All the old, all the, I've, I, I, all the, I've got the latest Space Marine Codex, and all the models I had from when I first played one from 2003 are still valid. That's good. I mean, so, a diff- a, a, the, another game that wouldn't allow that is Magic the Gathering, where if you're playing the current tournament set, you have to have that current set. You can't play the old cards, which I think is, again, a form of nickel and diamond. They're making people yeah. buy new things for it, which is not that, right. That is, that is, it's your forcing people's hands. Whilst you can't play, you can't take a fourth edition army list you know with the old points values everything to a tournament so you have to use the new army points values i, mean, I suppose in some ways they can make a more model redundant if they for example adjust the points in a way that makes or they just the game style in a way that just doesn't make sense yeah yeah and certain models go out of favor i mean um previous editions of warhammer used to favor what they called um msus multiple small units and everybody because the way that victory points used to work um, people used to have lots of smaller units because you basically so it made it harder to basically take them out because you could only target one unit at a time. Yeah, they used to have multiple smaller units to make it harder to take your army down, and then they changed that to they changed the way victory points worked. So then people started buying all armored vehicles. Every unit was mobilized, and you had whole armies just mobilized. So it's un- unbalanced again. Yeah, I've, well, whatever they do, it's always going to be whenever you have a uh, asymmetrical size, you'll never ever have a balanced game. Just not possible yeah and to be fair they did um put a chart on they actually uh, a third pie website you could submit all your warhammer games to all right and you could submit who what they were points values and who won and actually they produced a chart and you'd be surprised actually nearly if you compare like everybody to everybody else they're all roughly 50 50 oh that's pretty so cool. they were reasonably well balanced. i always thought that space marines would be on the victory uh it did vary between, like I say, roughly 50-50. could potentially go up to like 55-45. But okay. that's still reasonable odds. Yeah. Anyway, I think we might have we slightly have, gone off topic. Gone yeah. off topic, so, yeah. So. Um, see, I'm curious because you said that 
you know, Warhammer and that is a little bit more reasonable because you just get something physical. So would you say that the higher price, you said £30, is that just because it's a digital purchase? Is that why that's your limit for a game or...? What I was going into, I I, I went into the Warhammer thing as an example of where tabletop goes wrong for me, whereas with a a tabletop game where I'm buying a whole game for 50 quid with potential expansions down the line, but I've got essentially the whole game in the box for 50 quid, I'm kind of happy with that because as I say, that's a game I can play again and again and again, I don't have to worry about it ever going out of date. Whereas with a video game, I'm not always going to be have that luxury. And unless right. it may be with a PC, you might do. But with something like if you're buying a console game, when the next console comes out, it's not always going to be backwards compatible. Your game may well be rendered redundant. So, yeah. Which is the way it's been with the yeah. most recent I suppose when you're comparing those games, with the case of Warhammer, we're almost close to like sort of microtransition game. Yeah, it is, yeah. Whereas... Most box games, even have expansions, a more close traditional game. Yeah, I wouldn't spend seventy-six pounds on a box game. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to that extent. No, I mean fifty quid is my limit. I That's... spent. I bought Battlestar Galactica. I bought that for fifty-five. The only reason I paid that much for it is because it's our print. Yeah, and you had to pay the money to get the copy of it. So I had to basically pay extra for it. That's the only reason I spent that much money on it. But normally I wouldn't spend that much money on yeah. a, a game like that. But you did get a hell of a lot of stuff of it. But, but still, even. Your limit, regardless, is still around About the thirty pound mark. So I'm just curious if this is like a, I'm just limit. curious if this is just how you've been conditioned being a PC gamer, getting stuff so cheap on Steam. Possibly, yes. Because you expect said, every game to be cheap or cheaper. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I mean, I I've never paid for a new game. Again, this is something special. I've never paid for, and usually I wouldn't pay for a digital copy more than about £40. I think, again, for me, it would have to be based on like how much content and such is in the game. Yeah. I mean, as, as you, you guys that know... That would take a part of it, yeah. I, I really love George Camatani's games and Vanillaware's games to the extent that I own a couple of copies of some of them because I bought them when they came out in the States and then I bought the English versions no, I do purely so I could get the DLC for them. Um, but, again, because it's a developer I trust, I don't mind paying the full price tag for the game because i know i'm going to get what i'm what i'm looking for from it shamefully i've done that a couple of times with developers that i don't trust just because i really oh, love dear. the game as it was army of two all right seriously if someone says right army of two is coming out next week and it's gonna be on the xbox one i'll look say i'll buy the game but i'm not gonna be able to play because i'm yeah. not buying an xbox one yeah. so if army of two come out on the pc earn is beta for 76 pounds <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I wouldn't do that then because my, my main reason for liking Kamatani and his games is because of how reasonable he is and how he does make games that are that, because of the passion so you of the, the game. Developer yeah, yeah. But or... if the but then if the developer turned on it and said, "Oh well, no, you have to pay," so I'd, I'd drop him. I wouldn't. I'd say, "Nope, not doing that." Because as far as I'm concerned, they're selling out. They're becoming just as bad as as the big guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got to the point where your game is costing you to because. If it is a case that they haven't said that for that much because it's simply costing them that much to develop it, perhaps they're overstretching themselves. I'm going to use this as an excuse to jump over to the next thing, actually, because the next thing we're discussing, which is in a similar vein, so it fits quite well into this, is the release of Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. Or is it just Metal Gear Ground Zeroes? I have no idea now. It's the next instalment in the Metal Gear series, either way, from celebrated developer Hideo Kojima, who. I I really do respect, generally. He makes very good games, puts a lot of work into them. He's clearly a very passionate developer. Um, anyone that's it's played not a bit the, crazy. the Metal Gear games yeah. does 
you can see how much he loves making gets these of, gets lots of death threats and he says he's going to retire. Yeah, but Ground Zeroes, he released at between 30 and £40, pounds, and the game's essentially a demo. It's It's been released for because there's another Metal Gear game coming out soon enough, and this is like the tech demo for that game. Yeah. But whereas, say, Metal Gear Solid 2, if anybody remembers, we got a demo of that with Zone so of the, the Enders. Enders yeah. Yeah. And the demo was quite lengthy. It gave you the, the whole tanker, didn't it? The whole tanker section. No, of the, no, was the, the Olga fight help. Yeah, it was up yeah. to the old yeah. yeah. So they used to jokingly say that you, when you bought Zone the Enders, you weren't buying Zone the Enders, you are buying the Metal, the Metal Gear Solid demo. demo, and you got Zone the Enders free of it. Yeah, yeah I remember the... they, they used to say that about Crackdown and the Halo demo. Oh like, right, you know everyone who bought Crackdown, the only got reason the they bought demo. it so they could play Halo when it came but out. I want to admit when I got Zone the Enders, the first thing I did was put the Metal Gear Solid the demo. The thing with it was the Metal Gear Solid demo on that game was quite. You could do quite a lot in it. It was a very cool demo. And then he did kind of disappoint us by releasing the full game. And then it's like, oh, you're not Snake, you're Raiden, which upset quite a few people. I mean, it was still a yeah. good game, but it did hurt the game for me because I was going into it expecting yeah. to be Snake. And It didn't help yeah. the second section, the, um, was it Plant A, plant, Big Plant? Yeah, when you're in the Big, big, big shell. shell. Big Shell, that's it. It didn't help that Big Shell was nowhere near as interactive it wasn't no as a tanker all. it seemed that they put all their effort into the tanker section and getting that good and showing off you know all the stuff you could do you can show if you can show the individual box i remember just a video of them shooting boxes off shooting the shelf. watermelons and all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. and then you played the big shell just was never really that interactive but what he's done with Grand Zeroes is for this new Metal Gear, he's released this. This is a standalone like tech demo, but he's charging full price for it. The game Never lasts enough. between yeah, it's. I think it got dropped to thirty, didn't it? From forty to thirty. Basically, as soon as people start complaining, complaining, about it, the price yeah. Dropped. And he dropped, um, oh, the, the voice actor. I can't think of his name. Uh, David, David, David Hater. Hater. Yeah, he switched him in for Kiefer Sutherland, and I'm not knocking Kiefer. Kiefer Sutherland's a, a good actor. But he's not Snake. does not fit Snake. And so Snake is now voiced by Kiefer Soul. They think Big there's Boss. a reason for that. Yeah, there's potentially a reason for it. We don't know what that's going to be yet. Hideo is the master of ruses, so maybe he'll come out with something. Um, but yeah, the uh, the idea being that him releasing this game, it lasts two hours. Um, there's barely anything to it. People have been complaining. Other Other people are defending it. Um, yeah, because some people are claiming they're getting about five hours out of it. Yeah, if you do not, absolutely, yeah, everything. which they're not. Somebody else has that I've spoken to has said, well, even if you do that, you only get like an extra hour maybe yeah. of gameplay. But that would be like me saying, right, I'm collecting all the dog tags and MGS two. Yeah, now yeah. I've added on an extra couple of hours which to the game. Essentially, you don't. It's just filler, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, I I kind of think that Kojima deserves a bit of backlash for this because as much as I love him, he's stepping into into becoming like we were just saying, what could have happened to, or what I was saying as an example, if Kamatani had done this, I'd be like, whoa there, you know, I love your games, but you can't nickel and dime people like this. And I kind of feel that's what Kojima's doing here, and I think he needs a bit of a kick up the ass about it. Because in fairness, don't you think this is where, because we've killed demos. Yeah. I mean, we don't yeah. get magazines no. anymore with CDs and DVDs with demos on them. You don't get demos usually anymore with games... There are still so, some out there. You um, can download them. Gunpoint had a demo when it came out on the Steam. They, well, there was a demo. There's quite Gunpoint. a few demos on Steam, and you get yeah. them on like PSN and stuff, don't you? So you yeah. can still get them, but they're few and far between. Yeah, Not every game has one. Like they used to, every game had one, didn't they? At one stage. Oh yeah. 
so is it actually advertised? I mean, I, I must be. I used to be a big fan of Metal Gear, but I'm completely lost track of it since I've become more PC focused. Because what was the last this. Metal Gear Solid game you played? Uh, well, played all the way through was Metal Gear Solid 3, which what I really did you think I think that. that. I like that. I really like that. I really loved I loved I Metal Gear Solid 3 is one of the few games that I remember seeing actually would, most games I sort of go, okay, it's sort of half nine, I'll stop playing. I played that to about 3am in the morning. I played, I always, I knew it was 3am. Really my dad, like my dad got 3. home from doing his night shift. Metal Gear was, 1 and Metal Gear 3 are awesome. Yeah, I like them. Metal Gear Solid 2 is, oh, yeah, it was okay, but not brilliant. I was actually a bit of a dick with Metal Gear Solid 2. When, when people I knew who hadn't played Metal Gear Solid 1 came round, and they said, because you know at the start of the game it would say, have you played Metal Gear Solid 1? And if you oh, yeah. if you hadn't, it would skip out of parts and change parts of the story ever so slightly yeah. To, yeah. to fit. Um, I said, look, if you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 1, I'm not letting you play through the tanker mission. If you want to play through the tanker mission, you have to sit down here and play Metal Gear Solid 1 first. <laughs> oh, and- good. Metal Gear Solid, the last actual Metal Gear game I played, not 4, was Metal Gear Solid 4, but I never really, never quite gelled with me. Mm-hmm. I only got a guy as far I as me. Played four. I, I got as far as me and the guy who's got the monkey. Drebin. Yeah, I got as far as him and got just a bit past him. That's it. I never played it again. I don't know why. I just never, it never grabbed me like like number three did. Number three grabbed yeah. me from the go. See, three played really well. I really liked what they did with it, but I just couldn't get on with some of the kind of villains. And I know that Hideo Kojima does some really crazy oh, yeah. things with villains. Revolver well, yeah. Ocelot was really bizarre. It wasn't Revolver that got me. It was. Um, oh, he's got yeah, even more bizarre than that, hasn't he? It was the uh, just the general. I can't oh, Volgin in number Whatever. three. Oh, fuck, I hated that character. And, so and much. the whole Raiden love scenario. I, it I was love, a bit strange. I love the um, the uh, fight scene at the end, though. That was I good. Didn't yeah, get yeah. That the sniper battle. Um, if you stop, if you say, because you could save the game at any point, including that boss battle. So if you save the game in the boss battle, then come off, went off for a week, come back, oh, yeah. he died he actually, of old age. Yeah. yeah. How did you know about being able to kill him before as well? There's a point where you can see him being pushed in his wheelchair and you can snipe him before you even get to the boss battle, which is quite cool. Yeah. Those all details, I think, are... All that stuff was good. Yeah. Just some of the characters really ruined the, it for me. I have got to say, so my much. reason for loving Kojima isn't for Metal Gear. I love him because of Snatcher and Police Noughts and his old sort of point-and-click games. That were, I mean, Snatcher was based on... It was an amalgamation of Blade Runner and Terminator mixed into two things. It was a very cool game. Um and I like him because of those games. And he's become so absorbed with Metal Gear that he doesn't make, other than his little uh, Zone to the Enders bit where he made the two Zoe yeah. games, he's just concentrated on Metal Gear. And he's a legendary developer. I mean, he's got my respect for the amount of good games he's made. But I think that that makes it even more he's... important that he gets a backlash for this so that he understands that doing something like this isn't cool, you know? You've mm-hmm. you've developed a, a fan base because you make good games and you're not overcharging for them. Whereas when you're bringing out a tech demo and charging your fans for it, you're essentially stabbing them in the back. They're like, it, it's not very you, good. You say that he's all getting absorbed Metal Gear, but is that partly because he's got absorbed? It was partly because of the fans. I think it might well be a fan base they issue as well. Several, every time he says, I'm going to stop making Metal Gear games, or well, this is going to be my last one, he gets death threats. Interestingly, though, that, maybe that might raise the point that he might well be doing this to get away from Metal Gear. He's yeah. just going, right, I'm going to charge a bomb for it so everybody gets pissed off so that I can yeah, get out of Metal threats. Gear and, and start well, making something different. Metal Gear Solid 3 actually designed mainly by somebody else. 
I don't know. I have a feeling that Melga Software is actually designed by somebody else. And he was there sort of as creative consultant, but he took the right hands off. And the idea was that he was there to sort of say, well, I'm here, I can make sure it's all okay. But then this other guy, just to prove this other guy could take on the the project, the idea was then he was going to hand him the reins, but obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. So... Ground Zero is it actually is it actually advertised as a demo for the main game? No, it's, it's, advertised, it's advertised as, as a full a game. game. Yeah, as which it, is, say, is it actually like a prequel to it, or what? what how does it fit in? Yeah, it's a prequel to the new game that's coming out. So it's that's it's advertised. Next year, isn't it? Yeah, next it's year. it's kind of advertised as a, as a taster, but but also being sold at the rate of a full game, which yeah. is like... That's, that's the problem. That's the yeah. issue. That's what I was getting. I just want to know if it was actually a See, demo they were advertising you're buying a demo. I'd be or... totally fine with it if he released it and say charge 15 quid for it, maybe yeah. maybe 20 at a push, because it's not a full game. And and, and it made people aware that it's, it's not the full game, but you're not paying full price for it. That, that would, would be, be like totally charging fair. for the demo of MGS2 yeah. that you got. Yeah. But but I mean at well, least I didn't know why didn't they? She's the in the end. Yeah, yeah, but I bought Zoe because I liked Zoe. But but at least yeah. then like he's not because I mean you are going to get some gameplay out of it. But forty to thirty to forty quid for a game that's not even a full game hmm. that's, that's asking a bit much, I think. And from what I've heard, no spoilers, but you can pretty much skip it because yeah. they reckon that you could probably put all of Ground Zeroes into like a little, say, couple minute cut scene. And tack yeah. it on to the beginning of the next game. And do you that's think it. that's what they'll probably do, or do you think they'll actually incorporate Ground Zero into the main game? Well, they'll have to incorporate it into the main game in some way because it's. Uh, I mean, as in that game will become part of the main game. So oh, you'll no, play I don't it think first. I don't think I'll do that. Even um, as an extra. No, I'm, I mean, can you imagine the amount from what of rage that you will can, cause? From what I understand, if you beat Ground Zeroes, you, you do get, unlock. Oh, um, crap for the yeah. next game to come out but I think that's what's selling it and it's yeah. a fucking Metal Gear game and people are like oh I can get loads of extra shit for the next game that it's it is the whole crackdown thing again where people are just buying it, it to bother, play it does bother me that because it's Kojima stuff. it's like it's okay it's like it's not even if he's a really, which he is he's a really good developer he still deserves to be pulled up on it it shouldn't yeah, be something sure. that he gets away with just because he's a well known developer that makes it worse I don't think any developer no matter who you are should, get, should be able to get no, away with too right. like that and I mean, in forums and stuff, because I'm I'm kind of saying that it's not a good thing. I'm catching a lot of heat off people because they're so far up Kojima's backside that they don't want to hear it. And it's like, well, you know, you've got a critical think about this. You can't just forgive him for it and say, oh, it's okay, it's Kojima, because then he's just going to do it all the more. And that's not cool. That's not how you should treat your fans. But that's the same thing as if you were to, say, slag off Halo or yeah. Gears of War or one of the other ridiculously big franchises, people will just instantly jump down your throat yeah. the second oh, yeah. you have anything to counter their favourite Yeah, I mean, series. I have to admit, I'm a bit of a Kamatani fanboy. I do defend his games quite a bit. but uh, and think Yeah, that but he doesn't have anything particularly, you know, out there. No. You're but, not talking AAA here. Oh, no, definitely not. They, they I mean, because people are, people are buying the yeah. PlayStation 4 just to play Ground oh, Fucking yeah. Zeroes here. See, I, and I did buy the Vita just to play Dragon's Crown, but... 
but because it's because I know that with him I'm going to get a game that's good. Yeah. And if he did change that, if he went the way the way Kojima's going now, I'd certainly have something to say about it. I can't see it happening, but you know if it ever did, and I think you have to be like that, even with the the developers you love, because we love them for a reason. And if they start moving away from that reason, well, oh, bad business for everybody. So, here's a question though: We're we're seeing that we're playing Kojima, but is it more like to be Konami? Well, yeah, I think it would be the both of them, really. Is it, because... is it, but, well, I mean, I don't know how much control he has over this. Is it a case of he's... He Could might... you imagine he's developed this and he's like, right, here's what we've got so far. And they say, well, why don't you just kind of cut that piece off? Kind of like, just imagine yeah. this being Tanker from MGS2. And they say, well, this is what you've got now. But what we'll do is we'll package it. And so that then that'll shift more systems. I think he's and... still at fault to a degree, although maybe not as much if it's Konami doing it. But he's still at fault for not, you know, doing something about it. I mean, look at Inafune when they when Capcom were messing with his livelihood and making him do things with Mega Man. He said fuck this and he left, uh, which was the right thing to do, and then started working on his own project. And Kojima's got enough force behind him to be able to do that. He could easily tell Konami to go fuck themselves yeah, and go set up his own thing easily. He's got enough of yeah. I mean, sway. He kind and, of does, doesn't he? Just he I mean, he's pretty much the biggest through. name developer in Konami. You think Konami, he's the first developer that's going to come yeah. to your mind. Um, so he's yeah. the only developer I can think of for Konami. Yeah, he'd easily win sway there. In fact, to be fair, Metal Gear games. Well, if, if, if you've mentioned Konami games, all I think of Metal Gear games. Yeah, Metal Gear and Castlevania are probably the two big ones yeah. for Konami. Silent Hill, I suppose Silent Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Silent Hill. I haven't thought of Silent Hill in years. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one game I like which Konami made off the of tangent. I can't remember what it's called. Was it called Shadow? Is one where you. It was, it was a very sort of non combat game. Basically, you had to prevent your own murder. Shadows oh, of yeah, Memory. I know that's the one, one, yeah. I like that game. That's an interesting game. Well, Sukoden 2 is like my favourite Japanese RPG, and that's Konami. That was a there female were... um, lead on that. There was a woman who led that. Oh, that well, opinion, the... yeah. oh, that's good. Shadow of Memories. Like, um, yeah, yeah. People well... really hated that game, and I thought it was pretty good. Well, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was an interesting game. It was different. It was... Um... Well, there was only really one way you could really go through the game, but them endings... Actually, no, so some there, there were multiple endings, it. but... Only one of them was yeah, good, you, wasn't you'd it? you'd kind of point... You'd just have to point your character in a certain direction. Like, there wasn't really anything... You didn't have time to explore. If you did, you were likely no. to die and fuck yeah. up the game, and then you'd have to start no, again. No, it was a bit of a time limit to it, but there was sort of ways and means you could do it to... I like the fact the right that energy. it experimented, though. It did yeah. something new. I like games that do that. If they yeah. try those, something different... Even if people didn't like it, and I, I mean, I liked it, but those endings really stuck. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember Jack about the game, yeah. but I still remember the first ending I got. Yeah, it was well, it was well, very well acted. Well, it was right. compared to compared to games of the time. But then again, sometimes I think well some of those games do require cheesy acting. Anyone that's played Deadly Premonition will know that um, the cheesy acting is part of what makes the game. You know, gives it its character. Yeah. Just the idea of having to. Okay, I've just been murdered. I know how I was murdered. Now I've got to work out a way to stop myself being murdered. I just like the idea. That was such a clever idea. Yeah, and if you meet yourself, you fail as well, don't you? Yes. If you yeah. run into your own. Yeah. That was Excellent. Clever. The story was pretty good. But you knew the bad guy was straight away, though, didn't you? Yeah, but you don't say that. Yeah. Even, though, even though the game is really old, I still think people should experience that one. I yeah. think so, yeah. But I'm saying, is, when you play the game, whoever you think the bad guy is, you're right. 
But def- definitely a good game that a lot of people overlook. But just going back to the whole Ground Zeroes thing. So imagine you've just gone and picked up a PS4 just for this. Completely, yeah. It, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's like cringe or whatever. How would you feel? I want to know. how. Just ignoring the fact that it's a fucking 30 quid tech demo. I would how take, do you feel? I would take a PS4 back and claim it was faulty. You'd seriously do that? I would seriously do that and get a refund on it. Okay. Thorny? Probably the same, to be honest. Although I'd, I'd be more mad at the game than the console, but either way... Well, I mean, I'd, let's say that's all that it had that you wanted to play at that all point. Right. Yeah, I'd be pretty disappointed. I I don't buy consoles at launch anyway. I think that's a silly thing to do, but... To be fair, I wouldn't generally go and buy a console or game without reading up on it first. I don't yeah. just generally do that. There are a few games that I'll put my money down for, but... Let's about, say this this is one you really had to have, though. Then and at this I point, then it hadn't been. I would be absolutely gutted. I'd be angry, and I said I'd take the console back. Launch titles are always really bad, though, aren't they? I mean, there's not many game consoles it's that have had... It's a bit late to be a launch title. Um, well, PS4 hasn't been out that long, has it? Yeah, it's it? not that long. A few yeah. months. Still. Yeah, still within the launch window, I'd say. Wow. But... Um, yeah, I, d- I don't think that a lot of consoles ever launched with, or, or even for the first few months ever had many good games, did they? You've got the odd gem here and there, but there'd normally be at least or just one game that would be a solid launch title. Everything else would be a bit sort of subpar. Flaky. Maybe. I say some some consoles have had pretty solid yeah, launches. But generally, like Nintendo opinion. consoles or consoles that are well established, like would uh, would be more likely to. I just love the fact that people always defend the shit at launch just because there's nothing else to play. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, nine stars. It's like, why? Yeah. For what? Just blatant fanboyism, uh, isn't it? Like, yeah, which is which is what's going on here, really, with the Grand Zeroes thing. It's, it's all basically blatant you're fanboyism just defending down, like, it. Six hundred quid on a console, and it's it's a case of self. Trying to actually make yourself feel better about the fact you just spent this money on something. It is. <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it is. It's like saying, shit, I've bought this crap, but it's no, it's it's brilliant. It's really, honestly, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. You can't, you can't, you, the blinkers go on, you can't see the faults because it's got to be brilliant. The only console I on ever, or I can remember buying at launch and being really satisfied with was the Dreamcast. Yeah, it it had cool. some fantastic launch titles. I got that pretty late in its life, but it was an amazing lineup. system. Got it the day it came out, never regret it. Best decision I ever made. We got a PS2 and I got Time Splitters for it, and that was fantastic. Time Splitters is a good game. I'm trying yeah. to think the first game I played on PlayStation 2. That would have been Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Honourable well, Warlords was the first Actually, game I yeah, played. That, that was a launch title, wasn't sorry. it? And they had um, um, SSX. Zoe wasn't a launch title for PlayStation 2. SSX was a launch title, yeah. SSX was. Zoe came. Yeah, Zoe was like uh, Metal Gear, wasn't it? It came out a few months after. It was, so yeah. It was near yeah. enough on, on the door. I remember games, Zoe. I like that. I actually remember when I actually saw it. I can remember picking it up because yeah, it was it was a blue disc. That's how you know when it was an early title because they were on the blue discs. That was uh, CDs, CDs, yeah. Because that was uh, Dynasty Warriors two as well. Oh yes, classics. Yeah, on a mutual was as well blue disc. I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Because I had that was one of the first games I got. I remember getting that for it. I'm happy to dig mine out and and play that through. I never finished on a mutual two. I did on a mutual two, but I never played on a mutual three. On a mutual two wasn't as good as on a mutual one though. It was a good game, but yeah, I don't know. So they did the same thing with Onimusha like they did with Tenchu, where they just the first one was really solid, and then it steadily went. I don't know. A actually, Tenchu Two is the best one. I think I love Tenchu Two. Um, Tenchu One's good, but I think Tenchu Two really perfected it. Yeah, very good game. Same thing they did with Metal Gear Solid. Really, first game pretty good. 
Second game. Third game. Third game design wise was amazing. I just couldn't oh, get yeah. into any of the characters. And then four was Metal Gear I One had the best characters. I mean the the whole Foxhound unit was fantastic. Really good villains and all had their own motivations for doing what they were doing and you kind of sympathise with them as well, which which I like. None of them seemed too over the top. Which is why well, I think they went a little crazy with three and four. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure bit, about that. He? Yeah, and the um, one, what was his name? The one with the um, big machine gun, Vulcan Raven. Yeah, that was a little bit. The whole discussion of the uh, year pulling yeah. contest. Sniper Wolf was, was good. good. I like the Sniper Wolf battle on that. What, what I'm saying is there were more, there were more less crazy characters in yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, oh, you weren't yeah. having, like, Fat Man in number two, big fat dude on roller skates drinking wine and planting bombs everywhere. Yeah, pretty which much. Which like, okay, whatever. I can't remember what the, the end guy was in uh, two. Three. Oh, um, oh the heard. boss, you mean? In the last boss in you number had, two. You, Fucking you, Doc Ock. That was oh. Solidus, wasn't it? Yes. But, right, I still can't figure out that ending. Solidus... There Who's the president from? It turns out that Solidus, in some ways, was the good guy, but he wasn't because he was using child soldiers, wasn't he? But there was like, it, it gave you one of those situations where actually Solidus was fighting for the right cause, but going about it the wrong way, it was a, sort of a bit of a catch. To be honest, there. to be honest, I think after getting through the cutscene, that hour-long cutscene at the end, um, I think Naked I've, Riding I, was enough I lost, to put I lost, off. I lost track of the um, of what on earth was going on and just sort of. Um, just sort of played it. That very disappointing sword battle at the end. Yeah. That was really shit. And then I still have no idea. I there's someone someone has written like a two thousand word essay on the internet explaining the actual ending. And that's the only way I understand what the ending's about. Someone actually wrote an essay on it. Because um, didn't Mel get Mel Gear Solid Four hasn't it got some like ninety minute cutscenes in it? I've been told. I don't think it's that bad. I don't but know. it is pretty much one long fucking cutscene. Stealth moment. Cutscene. I need to play the um, Stab the other Raiden game, uh, Rise and Revenge. Yeah, that. In fact, that might have been the one you were thinking of, Nick, because that that's one that Kojima only had slight input on and was made by a completely different development team. Style wise, that game is amazing. Story wise, <laughs> I heard that the story is is entertaining though, and the fact that it's cheesy and silly. Yeah, it takes the piss. And the bot last boss is supposedly brilliant. I I wouldn't know. I haven't got that far. If I don't Metal Gear Solid 2 is that it ruined the Metal Gears. It made them so weak. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end you take on 20, what, 25 of them? Yes. Yeah, mass-produced Metal Gear, right. Uh, That's the thing, though, because then uh, it was it in... Okay, Didn't it turn out that it was a virtual uh, mission or something? There was know, a virtuality bit in the... Yeah. But um, in 4, they set the original Ray on Rex. You know, the battered-up Rex. Yeah. And Rex kicks the shit out of it. Yeah. With no trouble at all. Yeah, the Rex was pretty cool. That was a good boss fight. But I, I just think that the bosses went the the characters went a little over the top in three, and they were just ridiculous in four, and that's just why I couldn't get on with the games. Yeah, I got to admit, three's unit was uh, was a bit silly. I liked the end, oh, but then you had like the yeah. fear with uh, um, Michael Bell's excellent voice acting, but the character itself was just like, what the hell. Um, well, I can't think what the other ones are. Right, the the sorrow, in, the in pain. In many ways, the three was actually trying to. Um, it was almost like a remake of the first one in many ways. The character team, you had the sniper, you had the yeah, yeah you had the hearted. It was, it was, it was sort of in some ways. Although I still got to forget what they did for, to revolve us a lot. 
Yeah, well, yeah, because Oslop <laughs> was in three, wasn't he, when he, he was younger? Silly, he's yeah. made a silly meow noise every so often, isn't he? Yes. As my sister said, he's gone gay. Well, he is, isn't he? He's He is actually a homosexual. He he's is, a, yeah. A, and he was but supposed- he was overtly homosexual. And he I was- don't think the Russian army would let him in the way he was acting. <laughs> Well, they wouldn't these days, at, would at, they? At the, <laughs> at the time, I don't think the Russian army would let him in. There was the whole thing that he had the obsession with Big Boss, wasn't there? That yeah. he was actually, he wanted to be romantically involved with Big Boss. And they hinted at it in 4 with the little, I won't ruin it actually. There's a little hint at it in 4 that's quite amusing. The only good, another good thing about Mel Gassard 3 is you could twi- twiddle your pistol around your finger. Marvellous. In first That's... person fear, if you had if you had the revolver out and you went in first person, you could actually spin it around in your finger. Excellent. The way they changed the gameplay in three was good. I like oh, that. The but, camera system was good, yeah. But I just didn't like I just can't get over that. I just didn't like the characters at all. And people always jump down my throat and say, How the fuck could you not like yeah, Metal Gear Solid? Expansion three, three like... changed the camera, didn't it? There was an extra version. There was like they, well, they, they did do subsistence, didn't, didn't they? Yeah, subsistence is the third one, and it made it so you can move the camera behind Snake. Whereas the original version didn't have that. It was still, but because of the way the game was made, the camera, the above camera, didn't work as well as it did in the older ones. So with three, when they added the like the whole three D camera, it worked a lot better. But yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, yeah, you will get blatant fanboys going, oh, how can you not like that? And yeah, man, I, I, I actually had, like, I think it was like a four-hour discussion. Like, they just couldn't understand I why can totally I totally see like why you wouldn't, especially coming from one and how good the characters were in one. See, because this, this well, I mean, I played the original Metal Gear, and I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't, you know, completely grounded in reality, but... Oh, the old MSX game. Yeah. After yeah. a while... <sighs> They were as close to, you know, the, the kind of real-time stealth mission stuff you were going to get way back when. Yeah. And then when they start, people that can throw lightning and fucking all this stupid yeah. shit, it was just like, what are you doing? Like, I just got completely disconnected yeah. from it. Yeah, I mean, because the, the Psycho Mantis stuff was a bit weird. That was but a bit a bit forgivable. But the way it was designed was... But everything's now nanomachines, isn't it? That's the sort of the response. Yeah, pretty Why much. Why is this happening? Nanomachines. I did I got I, mean, I did like the twist though, that she thought she had amazingly good luck, but it turned out that Ocelot had fitted over Force Field without her knowing it, and that's how she was able to it. dodge the um, bullets. Mythbusters actually tried that. It was in Mythbusters, they actually tried the electromagnet to repel bullets. Oh, what? They tried that. So they would actually work, and well, it doesn't work. Nope. <laughs> no matter how powerful they could make it, you know it why? just didn't work. Nano machines. That's yeah. why. <laughs> Mythbusters doesn't have nano machines. No, we'll, we'll have to complain to him. <laughs> or Hideo Kojima's magic. No, true. His unicorn horn pipe, because it's clearly is smoking something by the time he hit MGS three. I love. I've, do you either of you follow him on Twitter? No. It's great. He comes out with some well random stuff. He's really awkward and it's so funny. He says, like, now I'm having a bacon sandwich while sitting on the toilet. The that world, kind of random. Yeah, kind of. I, I, there was Who like translates a, for him? Uh, he translates himself. So it's Apparently in, so. Bing or Google it's in Translate. English, yeah, because he, he, he doesn't know very good English. So it's, a lot of it is written in English and you can't always uh. get what he's trying to say. Because I remember he went to that award, didn't he? Award ceremony thing that they were doing for games. And he stumbled on stage because he tried to speak himself and just ended up saying, so sorry, so sorry, because he couldn't figure out what he was meant to be saying. And, uh, yeah, pretty much bodged his... Uh, 
Good for presentation. Him. But at least he had a go. I've got to give him credit. <laughs> at least he, he had, had a go. go. Just... You've all done very well. <laughs> Just pat him well on the head. Well done. I mean, oh, bless. bless. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it to a Japanese audience if I didn't know any Japanese. So, yeah, but, pretty daunting. Yeah, but to be fair, if that was a situation where I if I got invited to go to a conference trip and I'd just take a translator with me. This is where we'd stand up on stage, take the piss and hope you could get out of the country alive. <laughs> yeah. This was going to us in North Korea. See? We'd be celebrities. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, we yeah. haven't been nuked yet. What if we could take over North Korea? That would actually be kind of funny, to yeah. be fair. What is, what, what is North Korea yeah. now known for? The Rando I love podcast. how we've turned this... A, console, a console in every home. We've made this tyrannical dictator into our sort of comic relief here. Yeah. <laughs> I think he should become our mascot. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Sponsorship. People make it happen. <laughs> Sponsorship. Rando. Sponsored by Kim Jong-un. <laughs> this, would be a, this would be hilarious. Okay, uh, we're going to get into a lot of trouble. Oh, dear. But we're from North Korea. Yeah. They'll be sitting there shaking their fists. And I'll be laughing. Or would they imp- approve? Would that be worse? You know, I'm not yeah. sure. Kid okay. might like the podcast. We don't know. We'll have to ask. Email yeah. in. If, yeah, if you are, email in, dear leader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> America is going to be pissed. Awesome. Two birds, one stone. Piss off America and North Korea. Podcast 50, the one where we all invest in shovels to dig our own graves. <laughs> Only Podcast 50? Will we need a JCB by that point? Will we make it that way? Make <laughs> yeah. it that far? If Go we on. survive up to episode 100, we are definitely going to North Korea. We've just said it. It's mm. got to happen. Never going to happen. That's right. It's about eight years away yet, so we're (laughs) all right. The rate we're going. We could die before then, so it's all good. We probably will. All mysterious circumstances. Be awesome. Perfect. Right. What's next? Flashback. Thunder tits. Yay. We are going to have to rename Flashback Thunder tits, I think. It's going to happen. And then people will be like, what the fuck is Thunder Tits about? Don't worry, guys. Yeah, don't worry, trust me. Yeah. It's the Thunder Tits section. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a slightly small flashback. And again, I've only got a something flashback of one. I can't even remember what happened in the last podcast. I just remember <laughs> lots of drink. Well, I tried to do some flashback research. Like, I tried to find out the first free-to-play game of microtransactions. I couldn't find... No one seemed to know the answer. The oh, earliest, I remember this. It's yeah. not real. The, only, well, the earliest one I can remember of microtransaction is um, Battlefield Heroes. That's as I can remember microtransactions, but oh, there must be pretty s- late on. There, but, so there must be some before that, but I just part I can't remember any before that that had microtransactions in them. They're probably all crap. That doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the only one I can remember. So I'm going to say Battlefield's here was the first <laughs> first one of microtransactions. <laughs> so I'm waiting. Um, oh, seriously, we're waiting to get emails. We might get literally one email you're going to get an email from somebody it's going to say it's going to be from Kim Jong I think you'll find <laughs> that there was you're a Jap- fucking wrong yeah. I think you'll find there's a Japanese game in 1982 that sold six copies that had microtransactions is in that it. how he sounds God. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds yeah he just sounds like you and you are puppet form <laughs> so go on then what's in flashback uh, flashback FIFA 4 finished it you poor bastard seriously yeah. can we just change this to the Deus Ex and Thief podcast because that's seriously at first it was show you being hunted then it turned to thief and deus ex like fuck it that's all we've got uh, I, br- I raise you hyperdimension at petunia and i raise you mirror master <laughs> <laughs> did, did, we, did we actually explain that on the podcast the mirror yeah, master? Did, yeah. yeah. that's and that was a sober podcast yeah it was so fifa finished um is I'm, it really that bad oh yeah. it got better but not by much okay um 
that answers my was, next question. Was, it's like reaching the sweet about, corn in the shit sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was talking about um, the it was very the episodes. The episodes chapters are quite linear. Um, chapters three, four, five, and six. Well, literally straight lines. No, they actually get a lot better. Actually, chapter five, I have to say, I had to turn left then right. Yeah. But no, actually, Chapter 5, I think, was actually really good. That was actually quite suspenseful. It was, it was obviously inspired by The Cradle when you played it. So, uh, so. But I tell you what, actually, it was very well done. I was actually, I was actually quite impressed. And I, and I actually thought, actually, I thought to myself, I thought, well, it can. It proves that someone there knows how to design a level. That was someone, really good. Yeah, one someone, guy one laying guy. there drunk, yeah. hiding under the table. So, level. it's... <laughs> It's still pretty. I still wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't. I want to play it again, but I just wanted to finish it. I'm not sure what it says about their game when the fact that <laughs> the show's much faith they have modern gamers. I finished it and I got and the obviously your usual battery achievement achievements pop up. Oh, you've played the game well done. And one of them I saw that. <laughs> oh I, bless. Oh bless. One of them I saw that. And I, I can't remember what the name of it is, but I looked at it and it's an achievement you get for take for taking more than 15 hours to finish the game. You know that there's someone just sat there with the game running. Yeah, right? exactly. If you score to the stage, guys, when you're having to give achievements to make people play the game longer than you intended, <laughs> that's not a good sign. Come on, guys, pan it out. Run around in circles for five hours. I want. The, I wonder if there's a secret achievement for like, taking a thousand hours to complete the game. And I'll literally. I'm just... sure there have been games with achievements like that. I mean, what? I mean, there's oh. some weird ones in Stanley Parable like that, isn't there? Yeah. Strange achievements. Like, don't play the game for five years yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you want to find a friend who's trying to get that achievement, then, like, two days before that achievement's due, launch yeah. game. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's like... <laughs> 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 hey, look! Three, two... Bleep. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. oh, or just imagine accidentally double-clicking that when you're trying... Well, it does have you occasionally double-click the wrong game on Steam. Well, just imagine, like, you know, they're a couple of days in, they've just had a kid, the kid spams something, and bam, fail. Uh that yeah. kid would die so fast yeah. if they were an achievement or that kid the would go. The only good thing about Thief, it did give me an excuse to put a picture of a sheep up on the website. That's marvellous. Yes, I did notice <laughs> the review. Congratulations. <laughs> nice one slipping that in. That was marvellous. That was the, that was the See, best that was, thing. That was an extra thing I put in there. See, that's good. Yeah, that's the best thing I could do. That's the best thing about the whole game. A sheep. A sheep. Awesome. That isn't even in the game. No, I, was actually, I was tempted to play through the game to kind of see what it's like from a... Uh, a non-thief player. Yeah. Because... I'd be worth doing. I'd be interested to see what a someone who hasn't played Thief, their take on it, because obviously a lot of my hatred is based on the previous Thief games. I'd be interested to see someone who's not played it. So well, the thing is, like I've, I've played Thief, but I've no, I don't think I've ever finished them. If I have, then it wasn't good enough for me to remember it. I'd froth at the mouth too much if I was playing that game, so I won't <laughs> play Thief 4. Uh, I shall avoid it. Start rolling around on the floor. I will, yeah. I'll, I'll go into some sort of remission. Excellent. Well then, you know what time is now. It's what everybody logs into here. Yep. We've no, we, this is why we don't put any chapter markers in our podcast. Ah, screw you guys. Weird yeah. news. One day I'm going to add a chapter marker in just so people but can click set it. it. Set it like two minutes so just after it finishes. Set yeah. it to the weirdest part of the podcast. Which well, would normally that's be... That's you speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's normally whenever I'm sat I'm talking crap. I'm proud of crap. this. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weird. Achievement unlocked. Bing. We're still waiting for the friend by North Korea achievement, which we're really working on this episode. 
<laughs> in fairness, I thought we'd have been threatened by North Korea a long time ago. Obviously, I'm sure we've made jokes. Well, well, I'm trying to keep. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to get North Korea into every episode. To eventually, we get a response from them. I yeah, that's not going to happen. Do you reckon we'll ever get a, a response from the Queen or the British government? Well, we don't really talk about the Queen or British government. Yeah, I know. I'm just curious. If they're honest, maybe that's place. why they're annoyed that we're not talking about it. Yeah. They want us to discuss Queen. Them more. Okay, Elizabeth or Uh-oh. Liz or Liz. Hello, All right, Lizzie. Lizzie. Hello, Lizzie. Um, just so you know, I'm a Republican, and I believe the monarchy is a drain on our resources, and I believe that you're a spongy man of state for no real work, so please abar- please just shut the whole family down and leave. Thanks. Duke of Edinburgh does make me laugh, though. He yeah, does. He provides yeah. comedy value, at least. He's well, like Boris Johnson. Fact, I hate the Tories, but at least Boris gives me comedy value. The average British family, if you think that the average British family that you see in newspapers are basically a bunch of scroungers who live off the state, don't do anything for their money, then actually the royal family's very realistic. Uh, <laughs> actually represents the British family quite well there. Off with his head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if you can still... No, now then they've got rid of the death penalty for treason. You're lucky, because we were talking about treason earlier and how people get hung, drawn and caught for it. That, so it's all gone. No, that's all penalty, gone. Death penalty's been removed. I'm safe. For now. I'll just get incarcerated in Tower of London for the next 20 years. In fairness, they'll probably bring it back just for you. <laughs> <laughs> As North Korea somehow decides to If we do visit. it, make sure you film it for the website. We'll do it, we'll do it. You have my word. <laughs> yeah. We'll get Kim <laughs> Jong to help bust your That would be awesome. <laughs> we could form a crime fighting duo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> This is extreme. We're this new, week, but, uh, uh, you're just this, giving me thoughts this, of him in a green this, hornet outfit now, this, and I'm like, this, oh, this episode man. on Kim and Nick, uh, <laughs> they take down evil people. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is getting really, really Surreal. bad. Like seriously, people are like, wait, so is this the weird news, or like Nick is gonna he's gonna start a crime fighting team? Skimmed <laughs> on him. Like, oh my he does god, the, he does all the karate moves. And I do all the technical stuff. I don't know if they do karate in North Korea. <laughs> whatever, like North... <laughs> whatever, whatever their equivalent of is, it is. That's what will happen. It'll be great. We are so <laughs> fucked. And just think, we the worst thing we could think of being tied to up until recently was Ayn Rand. Yeah. Now we're being <laughs> tied, tied to, to North fucking Korea. North Korea. <laughs> Treason. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'd take them over Ayn Rand any day. God. To be fair, yeah, they're less controversial. Um, <laughs> we are so <laughs> fucked. Yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. This better stay in. You can't let it take this out. Oh no, this is all staying. <laughs> I ain't touching a thing. This is going to be great. Uh, weird news. Actually, can I just throw in that if I leave no. all of this in, I'm not allowed to swear in the next podcast. If that happens, we're going to get nuked, or we will actually go to North Korea for the episode 100 so podcast. if you leave this in you won't swear next podcast yeah and if i don't swear next podcast right. at all that means we are definitely going to north right. korea for episode 100 do you know what i want to do then i've got at home i, I will actually do this right. i've got at home a Q, the qi game it's got a little buzzer that makes the noise in qi oh. i want to have that sat next to me and if you swear i'm just going to hit it damn it we'll have to mark it up and bring it into the soundboard yeah, we'll have to i'm oh. sure i'm not sure if we're breaking any copyright oh, rules having that on there no it's all good <laughs> Well, oh. we do, we're worried about copyright, <laughs> but we're not worried about North Korea. Yeah. Or anyone else that we've managed to bring into the fold here. In like. fairness, majority of the world to this point, we did spend several weeks insulting Norfolk, then Essex, <laughs> then we decided, we're sick and tired of insulting people in our own country, let's go further afield. 
We did America, I think, from episode one. Uh, America was before episode one. Uh, we've done China. We've done China as well. We've befriended we've them. We've done Russia. We've done Canada. <laughs> Have we done Canada? If we haven't... No, because they returned them bloody rats, and they fucked oh, it up. Oh, yeah, we did insult Canada, didn't we? Rats? We've done Canada, we've done Russia, we've done China, we've done several other smaller countries. <laughs> we've done England. We've done Burma yet? Not Burma yet. We could add to the list to be done next month. Belgium, we've had Belgium, I think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're glad you work here. We we're are, we're, there. we are we're really the diplomats of the future. Uh, have we done South Africa and Zimbabwe? And no, all oh, not Zimbabwe. Ah, we forgot about Mugabe in our list we of dictators. Did, we? We, invite. we need to invite him as well. There you go. Take off the list. <laughs> so Mugabe, Putin, Putin, and Kim. Tim. Yeah. Um, right, seriously, we'll just write us a we, list. We, so can we, start, can, we should start. We should start. We can start a boy band. Oh, crap. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> the, the dictators. That's a good. Yeah. Just start listing off. <laughs> every single place in the world and we will eventually tick it all off probably th- before episode 100 <laughs> <laughs> i think we'll do this we can have the, we i'm gonna put actually put up oh, on the website i'm gonna have a page a little tracker that of every country in the world and i'll have dates for podcasts numbers <laughs> when we insult them and we can actually work our way is this to so they should, is that so they can look episode? it up no i'll go back to all the way episode one i'll just make oh, a list God. and we'll start oh, every crap. country in the world and we can actually knock them off list by one at a time what we also have to do is come up with some kind of tick box system so that if people listen which they don't i know and now someone's offended so they're gonna that's tick how the we box. get away with all this <laughs> stuff yeah. Yeah. They can come in, and if they're from that country, just take the box, and we'll know. <laughs> yeah. And then I will yeah. have. We can the put next that episode. when we think we've insulted them, and they can confirm. Yeah, have we insulted you? If yes, take the box. Yeah. If not, then just take the box anyway. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard your country mentioned? Then insertionally, almost undoubtedly, we have insulted you. Marvellous. Anyway. Were you offended? Did you laugh? Was it negated by insulting a country you don't like? <laughs> <laughs> Which country would you like us to insult instead? Well, that would basically you, be like if we kind of made a joke about Finland and then Sweden. It, they'd be yeah. okay because we insulted the opposite yeah. country. We could talk about North. Well, shall we start insulting? Uh, well, no, we're quite pro North Korea, I think, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's worrying that, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Well, you can put that. That's going to be the podcast. Well, let's put it this way: if we ever have to go to America, we are now officially on a blacklist. That is. That's going to be the podcast description: the pro North Korea podcast. Oh crap! <laughs> I can't wait to write this. this month's we're show screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably get more listeners. Yeah, or one Kim. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll. Well, hopefully, he doesn't speak that. English that well, they did go to school in England. So, what like, in fairness, <laughs> what's he going to do? Like, just broadcast no, all over I've, North Korea? Exactly, on that's what I'm thinking. But that still only counts as one listener. I don't know because if he get, he can make we like Kim. If you're listening, what you need to do is you need to make a policy <laughs> that everybody in North Korea has to listen to us. Think of the feed rating that'll be. There's how many millions of people in North Korea? Yeah, but it still only counts as one thing if he's blasting. No, no, <laughs> over no, 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 no. They have to subscribe. What's he going to do? Proxy it over his ZX Spectrum? Yes. <laughs> Don't insult our friend Kim. Be nice. They're most elite PC. They're mad hackers on their spectrums. <laughs> oh, God. Well, in the safe, they're just playing that up on StarCraft, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's your free-to-play documentary. All you've got to do is jump over to there and... Uh, uh, Zerg Rush. Korea's great for mad gamers. Anyway, shall we go on to weird news? Yeah, <laughs> Let's do weird news. <laughs> we seem to be having the How Long Does It Take to Get Into a Section podcast today. <laughs> right. Luke, you've got cats. Shamefully, yes. Have you, ever feel, have you ever feel threatened by them? No, but I have threatened them. Right, well, you need to be careful. 
I was going to say, should I have said that out loud or have I insulted another group of people? Uh, people like cats, yes. Bollocks to That's them. a lot of people. Yeah. That is. The internet is... You've insulted the internet. The internet. Is, <laughs> you've insulted the internet. internet. Yes. <laughs> we all know the internet loves cats and you've and, just and, insulted and them. Today is Cat Day, so... Yeah. It's also you, Ninja Month. You, well, after this podcast's release, we'll go on ihascheeseburger.com and there'll be a hundred <laughs> pictures of cats saying, I hate scars. Winning. I'm cool with that. Yeah. A rampaging cat which attacked its owner's baby and charged at them, forcing them to barricade themselves in the bedroom, is to be given therapy. <laughs> you get one guess which country this is from. I'm not going to guess America or North but, Korea. Yeah. When we North <laughs> Korea, North Korea doesn't have cats. They had The couple had to call the police after the Himalayan feline called Lux, which is actually a, it's also a measurement of light. It's actually, do you know what Lux is in, in the scientific terms? It's how many lumens of light hit a one square meter area. Yeah. Just so you know. Um, we are educational too, <laughs> you see. Yeah. Uh, a cat called Lux trapped them in a room in Portland, Oregon. Um, the black and white moddy scratched his seven months old child on the forehead after the baby pulled its tail. So the baby started it. <laughs> so basically, the baby, baby was being a bit it. of a dick. The baby was being a dick. The cat was defending itself by scratching on its head. Right, now we've been this is, babies this is the, cat. Cats. the cat. No, I'm on the side of the cat in this situation so far. The cat scratched the baby on the head. The owner then kicked Fucking the animal in the cat. The owner then kicked the animal in the rear to protect the infant, but it apparently just went over the edge. It the, off the balcony. No, the cat just went over the edge. I think it went postal. <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, a 9 call has been released in which the four-year-old cat can be heard screeching in the background as the owner tells the operator, he's charging us, he's at our bedroom door. He's charging us. Like a fucking... Oh, my he's, God. He's very, very, very hostile, apparently. Um, they, tra- they, they was trapped and only felt safe when the cat was eventually captured by police using a dog snare. They see police, if you'd use a cat snare, you'd have a bad luck initially. Um, Rottweiler. <laughs> they're, they're not going to give up on locks. He's now been taken to a vet where a pet psychologist is going to is due to see the animal. Oh now, I wonder, is a pet psychologist a human who knows about psychology or is it another cat? If it was another cat, that family's screwed, man. Mm. They're evil. Uh, they're not going to get rid of him now. He's been part of the family for a long time, apparently. Four but, yeah, years. But he has got a history of violence. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> history of violence. He's got an and everything else. <laughs> Uh, Pop, no, it's America. They don't have asbos. America. <laughs> have you onto our dumb criminal section? As we have in every. Well, sounds like that was the dumb yeah. criminal section. <laughs> Cat America can't be cri- a criminal. America's criminal. That child's a well, savage. This next, yeah, the child attacks cats. It's not on. Um, have you ever googled yourself? No. Have you? Shamefully, yes. I have as well. What are you? Well, what, are, what am I? <laughs> what do you do? I, I, I just found very little results. I find lots of other people. I am the CEO. Well, last time I checked, I was the CEO of an air conditioning company. I can't remember what my what my. <laughs> no, I just find lots of randoms on Facebook that weren't even that important. So. You, might, you have Google yourself because when we did the college course, the degree course, we had I to. Know write, you had to. Yeah, can you, can you not remember who you were? I was a cyclist, I think. Some yeah, cyclist. Fucking stupid sports. Fucking. I know my we when my dad googled himself, he found about eight jazz musicians awesome. named after him. Uh, named one, after him. <laughs> <laughs> well, was they younger than him? They must have be. you ever sort of googled your own name and come across one of your own pages? So, no, we ain't got, we ain't got that much penetration <laughs> of the internet. 
Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I this think is... if you type in North Korea, it's we all know. on you, Jim. <laughs> it's all counting on you. Yeah, come, on, Jim. Raise our fee rating. You can do it. You and North Korea can do it. This is going to be so bad. <laughs> when one man decided to Google himself out of curiosity, he found his faith on the, on Northern California's most wanted website and website and decided to turn himself in. What? <laughs> yeah, suddenly he found himself on the website and decided to turn himself in. Interesting. What was that uh, for? Late DVDs? No, he was no, he was hanging himself in after he's wanted for allegedly firing a handgun at a building on East 14th Street on August the 8th. Is there anything of significance there? There probably is. I have no idea. Mm, I don't know. I just said it in the thing. I copy and pasted. Okay. Uh, <laughs> according to the police, he got into an argument, pulled out the gun, and fired a few shots at the ground. Although no one was harmed, police wanted him on suspicion. They shot a firearm towards an inhabited building. Wait. Suspicion of? Yeah. He's just argued with, but... Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Now, Luke, you were a business. Shamefully. Uh, presumably you've had to comply with several health and safety rules. Shamefully. And all sorts of fire... Any fire safety rules? Bloody no, just don't yeah. trip over a tripod like a plank. <laughs> I mean, we have to, obviously, at work, I work, we have to comply with many fire safety yeah, rules. I'm guessing you have to, especially in your situation, you've probably got a lot more care. You've got you tons, to... yeah. I just have to make yeah. sure I've got insurance so that if anyone breaks their arms and legs over equipment that I've quite clearly put somewhere. Well... I mean, we have a system where, obviously, because of people's different situations and their their attitudes to things, we might, well, we have systems that run based on their particular character quirks. For example, we have a person that won't leave a a room until everybody else has left, so we have to ensure that they're at the back of the line. It's it's quite complex. I'm sure it is. Well, someone else has fallen foul recently. A dollar matrix, a a dollar matrix best way I can pronounce it, who gags, trains and whips men in her sex dungeon has been handed an £8,000 fine for breaching fire safety rules. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Lorraine Wright was prosecuted by the fire service after they called out to a blaze in Stockport but could not gain access to her underground chamber. Uh, when they when they finally did get their court to dress in Vauxhall Industrial Estate, Greg Street, on 30th of October 2012, when they finally gained access, they discovered a grisly grotto full of handcraft chains and several cases of nitrous oxide. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit pissed off at the grisly grotto because I'm seeing people go there voluntarily and pay their money to go there, so yeah. it's not that grisly. It just sounds like someone's sort of trying to bad mouth out. I think it's, I think it's a bit of a political yeah. in there. In fairness, it's not their thing. So, well, nitrous oxide is used to give the, used by their dumb matrices to get give their clients a momentary high, but claimed it could be dangerous. Poscus claimed that this could be dangerous if it fire broke out. Those under the influence could not were unable to react, which is a fair comment. Uh, she admitted the full breach of health and safety rules at Stockport, and admitted that she had not considered safety regulations. Uh, she's a former beautician. Uh, pleaded guilty for fair. She pleaded Holy guilty. Crap, Sorry, change. just a minute. I had safety regulations. I thought she's just not using safe words properly. Yeah, what's going on there? She's a former petition. She pleaded guilty to the following: failure to carry out a risk assessment, installing suitable fire alarms, maintaining emergency exits, or installing emergency lighting. Um, prosecutor explained that when White was asked to explain at Tizen Dungeon, she said. 
nothing too severe, slight boldness, possibly a mask gag, involves a lot of humi- humiliation, doing domestic work, and dressing up in women's clothes. I don't know if that's the man or the wo- or the dominatrix in that situation, doing the domestic work, just at women's clothes. Uh, Peter Grogan, which I'm sure is a monster from D&D, um, <laughs> <laughs> defence lawyer, described his client as a businesswoman of good character who whips people. Good character building. Yeah. <laughs> what a job. Now, Luke, this is something that's dear to your heart, this next story. I know it's something you're really keen on and you really like to do as a photographer and do North stuff. Korea. Like no, no, no. Selfies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Now, a Time magazine has built a database of basically what they did is they took a load of um, cities in the world, they analysed um, how many uh, selfies were taken over a week period and used that to work out the city that takes the most selfies in the world. Where, Who do you think got to the top of the list? North Korea. <laughs> no. Good guess, though. Close? No. Top five? No. Damn it. Not on the list. Slacking off, guys. Come on. Any ideas? No? Come I'd on. really rather not guess. I'm trying to think of the vainest place in the world. Uh... Oh, well, it's on America. Is it in the UK? No. It's actually in the Philippines. Makiti City and Pasang, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, has on average 258 selfie takers per 100,000 people. Okay, so why? What is there... There, that is of any I didn't interest look, to well, they, that's, that's, that's the follow-up study. Um, that, then there's follow-up study to that is, does anyone really give a shit? <laughs> then well, there's a study as to why did we do all of this? It's time magazine. Well, time magazine has got a lot of time in their hands to do this. Um, next to this was Manhattan, then Miami. Um, then was... It's uh, Hawaii up there. Uh, no, no, uh, no. Then Anheim and Santa Ana, California... Uh, Pataling Jaya, Malaysia. Uh, Tel Aviv in Israel, apparently. Got to number six. And the number, the number seven, Manchester. We got in there eventually. Manchester. Manchester. 114 selfie takes per 100,000 people. North Korea, nuke Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> then, then Milan, then Cebu City in the Philippines, and finally Georgetown, at number 10. In, again in Malaysia. So apparently Malaysia have got a thing about doing selfies. Kind of say, what a crock of turd. Yeah, what a waste. Why, why bother? Think of all them cracked lenses. Yeah. Seriously, if they're uploading those to the internet, I feel sorry for the internet. Well, it is the internet. I'm sure I can handle it. We'll go sort the um, Amstrad CPC. I'm sure that doesn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Report to Alan Sugar. Yeah. Do you think it's based in North Korea? <laughs> Would you think Alan Sugar's got secret dealings with him? I reckon he has. That's what he does with the apprentice. Whoever do wins, he sends do. off over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be sacrificed for something. That I could know. be an excellent challenge in the next task, the next <laughs> apprentice series. Oh, that'd be coming on soon. That'd be good. Try and sell your wares in North Korea. See yeah. how well you do. Now, this is something that's very dear to my heart, and I and I have a lot of sympathy for Ireland, the Golden Shears World Championship. And we're talking about shooting sheep. They are a thousand sheep short. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Golden shears are a thousand sheep short. Yeah. Why? Uh, because they need to be very specifically. The Pacific. The sheep need. Now, they claim this is for shearing. They need to be ewes, which are female sheep for those who are, you know, under the age of five and don't know what a ewe is. 
Um, and they need to be aged between 12 and 14 months, which in sheet terms is sort of like a sort of a 22-year-old, so quite young. Right. Um, to ensure that all pairs are supplied a similarly shaped sheep. Right. Okay. Um, prices of such animals in Ireland are running high, and farmers under pressure to sell them before May 22nd start of the four-day competition in Gorey, south of Dublin. They've got... I don't know why, but every time we mention Ireland, I'm just kind of defaulting now back to Wales. As soon as we're talking about sheep. I love sheep. Um, any excuse to get them onto the, onto the podcast, onto the website, I would take it. Righto. North Korea. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't want North Korea's got sheep in it. If they haven't got sheep, then that's well, they've no good. They've got that really cool zoo. With they've the... got Yorkshire Terriers in the zoo, we know that, but have they got sheep? Attack sheep. <laughs> I have. They've played worms Kim, with the exploding Kim, sheep. He'd love that. If, Kim, if you're listening, I can supply sheep. They're if you're fantastic. listening, he's probably getting really pissed off if you're asking. <laughs> <laughs> he's listening, he's probably thinking, yeah, well, of course I'm listening. <laughs> I can't wait to get the email next month. That'll be, I can just imagine that frantic text you sending me. Nick, Nick, have you seen the email? We've got an email from Kim John un I'm going to be saying, like, how many times can I get away with saying North Korea without actually having to say North Korea yeah, in the podcast? Thought, was it, was it Echelon picks us up? That American searchy database thingy? Let's be fair. We will probably be blacklisted by morning. <laughs> Credit history gone. You'll lose your jobs. My business will fold, although I don't really know how me sympathizing with North Korea is going to stop a photography business. Spying. Oh, yeah. Crap. Yeah, they have tried to do me for spying recently. <gasps> yeah. I oh, know the plot thickens. Yeah. Duh, duh, duh. Um, North Korea. Just... Briefly, the event we're talking about, we're not talking about North Korea, talking about sheep shearing again, <laughs> uh, has composed from 38 countries, um, from Chile, China to Chile, including champion shearer and Gavin Much of Scotland. <laughs> um, and the paint moves around all moves around the, the um, world, the contest. Face seven years it's been going. But so yeah, so, well, there you go. Now we've got an excuse. We can get him involved in this contest. Yeah. Something that they can get involved with. The, the well, winner, could, the winner of the 2014 Golden Shears Award is Kim Jong-un, who world, sheared 10,000 sheep in 20 minutes. We could bring world peace. Avert world war, world war three. Well, sheep shearing. If we get a sheep shearing over there, he might be like, now I see why the rest of the world is so united. Because we have sheep Because they shear sheep. <laughs> Perfect or share sheep. Um, <laughs> this is where we're starting to cross into really bad territory here. So talking about all that other stuff you was see, fine. This is what happens when you make me stay up and I start going slightly mental. Yeah, I was going to say it's past midnight. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. uh, finally, finally, um, have you seen? Talk, we're back on the subject of selfies again. Oh, have you it. seen? There's a there's a craze apparently. This is news to me anyway, but there's a craze going at the moment of the no makeup selfies. Oh, yes. Yep. I did have a little bit of a contention with this, saying that it's more for vanity than for actually helping with charities. Heard- well, basically, people have been able to text the word, or with the self- picture selfie, the word BEAT to a phone number, and they donate money to um, cancer research. Right. But Which you can do without needing to take a selfie. Yeah, true. <laughs> Unfortunately... Some phones have been autocorrecting beat to bear. And so what's happening instead is they've been texting money to the World Wildlife Fund who are basically arranging to adopt a, bo- a polar bear. <laughs> so these people keep getting phone calls saying you weren't ready to set your adoption for a polar bear. The reply they get is, thank you for choosing an adorable polar bear. We will con- con- call you today to set up your adoption. 
I like that. That's a worthy cause. Or just create blunders, surprise many who took the treats a joke about the adoption news, as they always, people always do. But when we read the treats, because they're all boring, because treats always are. I know, I know we've got a Twitter account. So, so we're know, pissed uh, off Twitter. We're pissed off Beeble. <laughs> really, we should start treating our Twitter account. It's all set to do it automatically, but only to, I think we need to start treating more from the Twitter account. Adam, you're in charge of that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, GG. kiss that goodbye, because there's not going to be much content. North Korea. Yeah, North well, Korea. maybe they've got their own Twitter. We could be in contact with him. Look. Yeah, Let's, we'll follow him. We'll, we'll tweet him, <laughs> tweet him I to reckon Kim. the second if he has got an account, the second anyone follows him, instantly they're blacklisted. We already are. Yeah. Um, it, well, you, you don't have to fear anyone who did text Bear by accident. Don't actually get to Doctor Bear straight away. They have to have confirmation anyway, okay. so the money can be redirected towards Cancer Research UK. But yeah, all I want I'd to know, I want to know, the word beat is a real word, so why would autocorrect change it to bear? Um, it's got a sense of humour. Yeah, it's just trolling people, so, Yeah, we're <laughs> going to make you all adopt polar bears instead. I blame Siri. <laughs> yeah, that thing is pretty dumb. I could ask Siri. So I said, yeah, go on then. I know you can't, because you're not allowed to have your phone on. <sighs> yeah. Will she, will she give me permission to put airplane mode off just so I can ask Siri? This is awesome. I have that. <laughs> <laughs> I have that as my for my blackmail folder. Yes, you can, Nick. <laughs> well, we're going to ask her again if we're gone. Um, Dude, you've just displayed the world's shittest superpower. <laughs> the ability to stop Nick putting his phone on, <laughs> if you wish. <laughs> uh, right. <clears throat> Although it might come in really handy one day, you never know if Nick becomes a supervillain alongside old Kim. He's going, Nick, no phone. <laughs> Foils! Here we go. Siri, are you trolling people? No comment. <laughs> there you go. I think that's highly appropriate. I don't know why. Uh, it is, yes. That went very well. That was highly appropriate. I'll put airplane mode back on now. I was going to say, just ask him one more question. This isn't really a question. He's gone all Columbo on us. Just one more thing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not a question, though, okay. really. What, what question do you want to ask it? North Korea. Just a statement. Do you like North Korea? It's thinking. <laughs> it really is thinking. Apple servers are melting. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas, you're now about to be shot by the Americans. Yeah, that's why it's delayed. So what are we talking in this podcast? North Korean podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we don't have podcast titles. That's just so blase. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, good old Siri. Holy crap. We are now, look, seriously, type in North Korea, our podcast comes yeah. up. None of that other crap, just, just, oh my God. Mm. Oh, well, I've got no problem with that. Oh, they, apparently, they have a pretty cool roller coaster, which we spoke about once upon they, a time, I they, think. They, had a, they have a golf course that's closed down. I'm sure they had a theme park at one point. They have got a theme park. They had a golf course that was... Um, Next to the theme park. <laughs> a golf course, <laughs> and Kim, John, I've lost track of the Kim, Kim Jong-un is the newest one, isn't he? He's the newest one. 
Kim Jong Il was the previous one. Yeah. Yes. Right. Kim Jong. He was the last one to come off the production. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kim Jong. Well, he did look a bit like sort of ventriloquist dummy. To be fair, only oh, in Team America. No, in real life as well. <laughs> That's fact, man. <laughs> Kim Jong Il went to a. They opened up the North Korea's first golfing place. He went to it. Supposedly scored nine hole in ones. As you do. As you do. Declared the game too easy and closed it down on its first day. That's brilliant. <laughs> I was, I'd love to live in a country where I'd have that sort of power. Do you, I think secretly, deep down, everybody would like to be a dictator. Oh, yeah. Deep down, we all would. It's all good fun. It's all I good already fun. am. What are you talking about? I'm the one in control of the board. I'm in control of the fucking editor. What are you talking about? You so, can't control what well, you can control my phone. So he but, thinks, listeners. So he thinks. Yeah. Well, it turns out it's actually you guys in North Korea. Yes. <laughs> Nick Superhero Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Kim and Nick fight crime. We're going to have a film out next year by Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, I am just, I'm waiting to get a letter through saying, right, you've been blacklisted from absolutely everything. Yeah. Could you please leave your home? <laughs> yeah. We will be shipping you off to North Korea in, what, 90 episodes. Fair enough. I can live with that. The British government will probably actually pay for our trip. All we do, no, we do is if it's ninety episodes. Simply, we get to episode ninety nine and we stop. Yeah, and then we'll end up probably getting jumped. Probably <laughs> bundled into the back of a van and shipped <laughs> off anyway. Uh, we want that might happen anyway. I mean, who knows how many agents North Korea have in this country? Probably, <sighs> probably but, at least three sat at this table. Apparently. <laughs> According to the Americans, there will be. We will get deported to America next. Oh, crap. Uh, right then, time to wrap up. Well, I hear that Guantanamo Bay has an excellent water slide. <laughs> <laughs> How many attempts is the outro going to take this month? It, well, it took only one last month. Just through, but, well, through the power of it. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to... Seriously, folks, I don't know how I'm going to edit this one at all. Not that anyone's listening to this, so I don't know who I'm talking to. <laughs> but Someone yeah. might eventually. I might actually just leave one episode and then people, someone will say, wow, that was edited really well. It sounds so natural. We should <laughs> skip an episode, just see if anyone notices. <laughs> <laughs> but then, would that mean we've technically pod-faded? Not necessarily, because the episode may still exist. It's just We just never released it. Yeah. The forgotten episode. Too hot for the internet. Yeah. Although that and then was we, could we could re-release it like the old Jerry Springer's like, this is the too hot for the internet edition. You can only what, get it if you order it from, then, on DVD what, from us. What we could do is um put it on like, just sort of like slip it into like sort of like the Pirate Bay and sort of like, <laughs> this is the episode you didn't want you to hear. And that actually is the most mundane episode possible. <laughs> That's why. It'd be basically how it would work is so games been playing, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Uh, Watch anything? No, not really. Well, no, we'd be, be talking about games. Any tabletop games? No, no. Any humanitarian? No, not really. Any news? Not really. Flashback? No. Weird news? Can be bothered. That's basically what it would be. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Why can't all podcasts be like that? I'd be finished in like 20 minutes. We could do an episode every day if we did it like that. Holy hell, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do this. Anyway. You can email us at randnerd at gmail.com. Please, somebody email us. Find us online at randnerds.com. You can follow us on Twitter, randnerds. You can find us on YouTube, uh, randnerd. You can find us on Facebook, randnerds. Wordpress.com. No, sorry. <laughs> you won't believe how much I've been, I've been fighting saying North Korea every time you can say you can find us at. <sighs> 
North Korean embassy. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at North Korea. Right. We eventually might have a Twitch TV channel, but not at the moment. But if we, we have do, got one. we have but got no one. We're just not using it. Everything. No, but eventually we might do. Um, so, by the way, us and hello, Kim. We look forward to seeing you in a few episodes of time. Um, so, so that's if we're assuming we're not banned for the next episode. We'll see you next time. It's goodbye for me, Nicholas Jackson, and me, Luke Roberts, <laughs> and me, Adam Thorne. See you next time, guys. Adios.